The D and Davis Show. D and Davis Show. We got a lot to get into. Uh, the Bears snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. Yes. It was uh, <laughs> one of the, 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 it was different to say the least of that game. That's the word you're going to use? I, I'll get into why I use that word <laughs> okay. in a second. Uh, to help us break that down, we're going to have friend of the show, Jake Perper, founder of Bears Backer, to join us to break down uh, definitely the Bears and what's going on in the NFL at, uh, alone. Uh, we definitely got a few things to get into. Unfortunately, later on in the show, we're going to talk about Felipe Vasquez and his damn predatorial type Ugh. style, allegedly. Pedophile. Serious petty. Uh, and, you know, definitely some of the movement with Mika Fitzpatrick being moved and Jalen Ramsey move, uh, rumors. And we all saw the Doug Marone, Jalen Ramsey's uh, discussion. Or, you know, uh, I won't say violent, but riled up discussion. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it was funny. To see. I forget the young lady. She does uh, cover football for ESPN. But she's like, Doug Marone comes from the same neighborhood as my dad. And if Jalen Ramsey knew, uh, if Jalen Ramsey knew who he was, he would know he basically get his ass kicked. She said that? Yeah, but not that. She didn't go. Oh. But she basically was like, he would, he could beat Jalen Ramsey. And Herb Lawrence uh, from 6-7 to score, uh, executive producer of the overnight, also the Cubs broadcast, uh, was like, I'm 40 years old. I'm pacifist and I'm fat. And I beat the crap out of Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Herbie. Shout out to Herbie. Uh, yeah, Always so keeping it real. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So definitely we got a lot to get into. I'm Kendall Davis, and you've heard his voice already. His name is. D. Demond Spurl. What's going on, everybody? Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D and Davis Show. Once again, it's at D and Davis Show. Facebook.com forward slash D and Davis Show. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, Stitcher, the TuneIn app. We're on Anchor. We kick you over to Spotify and YouTube as well. Hit me up on Twitter at Demons1, D-E-M-O-N-Z-E-1. Ken is on Twitter at That's Davis, and executive producer of the D&D Davis Show and D&D Davis The Flip, Ryan Bukovsky. You can find Ryan on Twitter at Ryan B. Ski. All right, so the Bears won 16-14. Uh, as I said, Domination. Is that the word we're going to use? <laughs> all right, we all using words around here. Okay. Let me take over one for myself. <laughs> yeah, come on. What's yours? <laughs> Uh, so I was doing uh, sports feeds Sunday, and I got there. Great job! It was it actually was one of my my lesser performances. Hey man, you can't bring your A game all the time. Sometimes you got a B plus game. But no, it was because of the game. Mm. Also, if you if I sound a little funny, I bit my lip eating today, and my 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 lip is really swollen. Yeah, maybe you guys should let the listeners know what's been going on the last four oh, yeah. hours. So mine's is I would say mine's is the lesser. I bit my lip, but it's swollen like Tyson hit me. <laughs> and it's like, he's like, I've never you seen You got a before. fat lip. Like, this is 80s style baseball right here. Oh, let me, oh like I got the, the like I'm a Ooh. Jose Abreu. And no, I no, got like the, 80s fat Ooh, lip right there. Mm. Chewing tobacco. That's what yeah. I said, like Jose Abreu. Some mm-hmm. dip. Dude, if I show y'all pictures of how it's progressively, this is ridiculously big right now. <laughs> you got to tweet that out, man. Hell no. I'm not, yeah, you should. You got to tweet that out. You got to let people know what's going on. That's, That's all I got to say. you. All right. I ain't tweet out my, my issue. Oh, but you want me to tweet out mine. <laughs> all right. Because I will say this, though. Sneaky I do, D. I do have a picture of my issue. So my issue was uh, it started past Friday. I went to go see Mary J. Blige, and I decided to give me some popcorn. I love popcorn, especially Chicago mix. Yeah. Eating it. Chowder down, no problem. Boom. All right. Saturday, everybody come over. Hey, we got the flip. Do the flip. Cool. Afterwards, I'm eating, drinking. I'm doing the same thing Friday, eating, drinking. At about 
two or three o'clock in the morning and Sunday morning, I wake up, my mouth is just killing me. And I'm like, what is going on with my gums? I go down, come downstairs to my bathroom and look in the mirror. My back gum to my right side of my mouth is swollen. Wow. It's like turning, looking kind of whitish. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm brushing my teeth. I'm flossing. I basically just gave myself a cleaning as you get to the dentist. Go back to sleep. I found me some ibuprofen, took that. Whole entire mouth is just bothering me the entire day. So finally got into the dentist the next day. Uh, Chanel, she told me like, I when I saw it, I was like, ooh, but I didn't want to tell you how bad it looked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I saw it. I know what it looked like, Chanel. Anyway, so um, I uh, I get to the dentist and I don't have my wisdom teeth. I got, the, got all of them pulled about four or five years ago. About five, six years ago, actually now. And the dentist gave me these two huge Novocaine shots. And she's like, okay, we just got to give you a, a deep cleaning, see what's going on there, in there. I think there's maybe some tartar going on, but we'll find out. So, uh, yeah, she goes in. I mean, she's digging, and I'm, and I'm, I've been, I've had surgery on my mouth before, but it was hurting so bad, y'all. I had wow. to, I had to grab my phone because I was like clenching my hands. I'm like, that's not hard enough. I had to grab my phones and grab them like that or whatever to like, you know, saying down to like uh, stand the pain. And then as she's cleaning, she looks at me. She said, hey, you been eating some popcorn lately? <laughs> I said, I'm thinking to myself, like, how does this lady know I've been eating some popcorn? Why are you watching me, dentist? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, last Friday. She's like, oh, well, that's it. So basically what happened, a piece of the popcorn, popcorn got stuck in between the to- my tooth and the gums and caused an infection in my back gum. And I was like, well, I brushed my teeth and everything. She's like, well, you could have brushed your teeth and floss all you want to. So much food particles got into that pocket, it was done. She said one time when she was in med school, in dentist school, a guy came in, he had a piece of popcorn, it, in same situation, but it got up under his tooth, caused an infection, and a tooth was starting to come out mm. of his jaw. It's coming out. So I'm like, Damn, I'm glad I got in here quick enough. So now, you know what I'm saying? Then she kind of showed me the hole that was in my mouth. She's like, look at this picture. I mean, look at this. Put that mirror to your mouth. This is what it looked like. And she's just showing me. I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm basically drugged up right now. I'm more like 800 uh, ibuprofens, 800 milligram ibuprofens. I had about three or four of those today. I'm on penicillin, so I'm an antibiotic. And I'm on a medicated uh, mouthwash. For the PSA next- for the folks. You can't drink, huh? No, I can't drink. Popcorn, the silent killer. Man, watch out for the popcorn. See, that's probably the reason I like popcorn. I mean, I'm not saying popcorn isn't oh, tasty. I love popcorn. I don't like I'm Chicago style. Yeah, Chicago style, no good. I just no, like the really? cheese. I like it's not terrible to be honest, but it's to not me, terrible. It's not necessary. And just give me the cheese and I'm good. Mm, I like the caramel. I don't like I'm not I'm not the biggest caramel fan. Mm. But the, one of the biggest reasons I don't mess with popcorn is because of the, the kernels. And I hate when they get between my that's gums. Deep. That's true. That's I hate I hate it. I like I I, I go at it as soon as and I know you didn't yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but I go at it because it, especially when it when it, gets it takes you a second to get that bad boy out. Ugh, it's just too crafty. Popcorn mm. is a very crafty snack. I love it. I love it. I mean, I love pop. I eat it's popcorn amazing all day. I love mm. popcorn. Movie theater. Yes. Mm. I mean, but listen, I've eaten popcorn all my life. I've never had this happen to me. I'm just getting old. That's all it is, man. I don't know if that's old. I'm just my. my just oh, I'm just. Getting I use old, old a lot, but that, I think that one was just one in a million. It yeah, just, one thing just, just kind of happened. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm a sports suite, and the reason because Larry was like, "No, dude," he was like, "You brought it," and I was like, "Listen, I'm sitting there, and if you didn't see the game uh, initially, 
it, it, it seemed like the game was going to be tied, but then when it was going to look like they was going to go for a field goal, they were going to go for two, and I'm talking about Vic Fangio's Broncos. Mm-hmm. And you're like, damn, they're about to win the game. But even if they go for two, what are the chances that they actually get it? Then they decide to kick the field goal after that. And they ended up uh, missing the field goal. So we're all like, damn, they missed. The game is over. Mm-hmm. And then we found out that Buster Screen, he jumped offside. Jumped offside. Which he admitted to. It, he, he talked about that the, 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 uh, Snapper twisted the ball, how he got him or whatever. So then they, they sit there, they go for two, and Joe Flacco hits Emmanuel Sanders. And you're like, well, this game is over. Same exact play that Philadelphia ran and, uh, in the playoffs. And you're sitting there and you're watching it. And I'm like, damn, I'm about to go on air and I'm about to flame this team. I'm like, <laughs> damn. Right? That's what I'm thinking. Like, how, is, is this going to be a control flame? It has to be a control flame because I'm on television. I can't just be just totally demonstrative. I have to be, have some composure, whatever. But it just hits me like how I feel and my emotions. I'm like, what the hell? This could be a wrap this year because. Yeah. 0-2 is bad. 0-2 is 9% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. It's hard to get back. 90% chance of missing the playoffs. Well, actually, 91. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so sitting there and the Bears get the ball back, uh, Mitch Trubisky through, uh, even though some people call it a bad call, Jake Pepper, who will be on with us, he pointed out, and I pointed out to somebody earlier, uh, as soon as Goldman got that, that uh, rep in the passer for his weight, and mm-hmm. Floyd, yeah, and I said the same. Yeah, good point. Yeah. And I said the same thing when uh, Bradley Chubb did. I said, no, 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 he landed on top of him. And if we're going to yeah. go with that, that's the same place. So yeah, okay. you can end that because that's how they've been calling it the whole game. If they're saying that you have to roll off while you're going down, which I didn't know these guys were in the Matrix, but if they're saying that you have to do that while you're going live action, then you have to call it both ways. Bears end up getting the call. Mitch hits Allen Robinson. Eddie Panero comes in and hits a 53-yarder after hitting a 52 and a 40-something mm-hmm. during this game. And he nails it straight through. Straight through. Which, to be honest Take the you, money and run. To be honest, so, again, and again back to the sports feed, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I've never had the, the confluence of these emotions before I had to go on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, I needed to run around basically. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I had the similar situation. I, I thought about you. Yeah. Because I remember you were there. And was it a Bears game? It was a Bears game. It was, Bears, oh, yeah. And yeah. it was right when you were there talking about, yeah, the Bears were just playing when you were mm-hmm. there. And I was like, I was, we was watching the game as we were on TV. They had to hit, they had to nudge me like, quickly get to the TV, quickly get to yeah, the TV. So I'm like, I, I thought about that. I was like, I think I'm D's the only person that's done this mm-hmm. or whatever, but you ain't go through this. No, no, I didn't go through that. No. So uh, that's why to me it was just like, I, dude, I was mind blown because I didn't, I didn't know if I should be elated. I didn't know how I should properly gauge this game because I'm. St- it just happened before I went on air, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but I will say this, especially now getting a little bit of distance from it. I think there are some pros in this. And oh, I think yeah. I, did, I said it on the air, actually. The fact what Pernero did gives that team so much faith in something that they were going to be worried about all year long. Now, of course, yeah. he can't go through a bad spell. But for him to go out there and hit two fifties on that bad boy, you even if he misses one, you feel better and you don't feel the same way that you felt last season with what took place with the double doink. And I mean, that's a good thing. We'll get to the, the offense during this show right. and we'll, we'll dissect all of that. But again, you had you had a good defensive game. 
Um, you only gave up 14 points, and I mean, most of that was in the second half, basically. Um, so it, you had a good defensive game. It wasn't a great defensive team, even though they got a nice receiving core. And Sutton and uh, well, you also Sanders, lost Bilal Nichols, so that defensive line rotation yeah. was hurt and big time. It's a hand injury for him, wrist. Right? Oh, wrist injury. Yeah, Nagy cleared it up wrist. Okay, and and then the running game. That running game is good too because. You had Lindsey last year, but remember they drafted Freeman over yeah, Lindsey, and yeah. Freeman was getting his busy, his busy mm-hmm. on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and Flacco, even though last year he, I mean last week he was he was just just disrespected. Joe Flacco, he wasn't as bad as what people has necessarily been saying. So, and I'm not, but I'm not job. trying to give them too much credit because because I don't think they're a great team. Well, I would say this. Um, oh, one one oh, thing I wanted oh, to just say real quick with that roughing the passer on Eddie Goldman, that was on a drive where they scored a field goal in the third quarter going into the fourth. So they didn't have that field goal. That roughing the passer on Mitch wouldn't have mattered. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I will say this for the game. Um, Listen, man, the offense is uh, worrying the you-know-what out of me. Uh, And this is coming from supposed to be an architect uh, of an offensive uh, uh, schemes, if you want to say, with just an offensive-minded guy in Matt Nagy. And I believe the stat is they have averaged, what, 11 points in the play- in the past three games. That's including the playoff game that they lost uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, this is something that you, you're not expecting as a Bears fan to see. Now, I was on um, the Matt McGill show, Matt and Kimberly Agun. I can't ooh, I don't want to mess up her last name, but it's, I did. I did. All right. But Matt and Kim on WVON, shout out to them. They had me on uh, yesterday. And uh, Matt McGill made a, um, he made a comment like, man, I remember this is the same thing was going on when the Bears went to the Super Bowl. Uh, Brian Orlack and, and Lance Briggs had to talk to the media and say like, hey, man, listen, we have to go out there and to play. Yeah, we had to score a little bit. But you know what? That's what we needed to do. And I was like, yes, Matt, that is 100 percent true. But this defense is not expecting this offense to play this bad. Mm-mm. This is an issue that Matt Nagy has to figure out. This is now three games in a row that mean three games in a row that means something that, that Mitchell Trubisky did not look good. How many how many open receivers did he miss? It was terrible. But this is a good thing though, and this is the Ken's boy, Matt Nagy. He figured it out. He said, listen, this fella doesn't understand my offense. I got to figure something out. Mm-hmm. Run the rock. And that's the best thing that you can do up in Denver because your guys are getting gassed. You don't want the receivers out there running and running and running. Hand the ball off, hand the ball off, hand the ball off. And I'm very, very happy that we saw Matt Nagy make that adjustment from game to game. And it was able to hold off and win. And it was able to win the game in the last seconds with a uh, field goal. But I am very, very, very concerned with Mitchell Trubisky. I don't care what Matt Nagy says that that last drive, hopefully that brings some spark to him. I'm with you on that. I said the same thing on Sports Feed. I said, man, listen, going into the season, man, listen, that last drive that let everybody know in Chicago, all right, when it's clutch time, he can do it. He did it this past game. But the issue is, Everything in between. You know who actually it worked with? Oh, my goodness. I said this on Sportsbeat. I'm sorry for us. Keep bringing up Sportsbeat. No, it's good. Shout out to uh, yeah, everybody now. Shout out to Mary and, and Josh and definitely Jared. And Jared, yeah. And also the crew. Mm-hmm. Um, they, and they employed the blacks. Shout out to the blacks. There you go. But um, Of course. But no, I said this. Uh, last year, I don't think a lot of people watched the second game, which was a playoff game between the Chargers and Baltimore. 
and it was basically a blowout. But what happened was um, Chargers knew how that offense was going to run with Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson in the fourth quarter had to turn into a passing quarterback because they were down. He actually performed decent. He did? Yeah, he was okay. He was, he but I remember watching and thinking, you know what? This could help him lead into next year. It has helped him lead into this Tremendously. year. Tremendously. It has not helped Mitchell Trubisky whatsoever. None. I don't care about. And even because even think about it, we, it was a quarter against, I know, the lip. It was a quarter. No, I know you're looking at me. Oh, please. Which are please, sir. Right. I don't need to look at that lip. <laughs> <laughs> look at that thing. <laughs> but uh, it's, 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 it, you can't say the same thing as far as him. On a drive compared to last year was at least a quarter, even though the first half he was terrible. And as you've mentioned and we've heard, 11 points in the last three games, and one of them was a playoff game. One of them was the opener to the season when you had a month to prepare for that game. Especially, look, think about it. The starters didn't play. Who were they practicing for? Yeah. All right, they 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 were practicing to take on the Packers. That's they that's what they who were they practicing for? They was looking at whatever Tennessee was doing, whatever uh, uh, Sean McVay was. They was studying those to figure out what Matt Lafleur was going to do, and they already know what Pettin's defense is, even though now he's been it's been an infusion of more talent in that defense. So you know what you're getting ready for, and you failed the test. Like, you totally failed the test. Yeah. It's even worse than last year's game against the Pack because we weren't even expecting you to beat the Pack last year. And for you to be right there with it, especially with Cleo Mack not having uh, any preseason and coming in and doing exactly what he did in that first game. But, yeah, it seems like – and I think it's still too early to say because we've kind of seen Mitch do these ebbs and flows. But the problem with Mitch is it feels like, for the most part, they're always going to be ebbs and flows. Yeah. and One good for one bad. And you can't... You can't win like that. You can't. Like, you can't win like when that. When we were kids, you know, yeah, maybe Jake Plummer out there pulling some stuff like this. Ooh, but Jake Plummer, Jake the Snake. But, yeah. you know, like, you, we wanted Jake Plummer to be our quarterback because our yeah. quarterback sucked in Chicago. Yeah. But if yeah. you're from a team that had a real quarterback, you didn't want that type of roller coaster ride like that and it seems like that's what the Bears are stuck in and with us knowing what you usually have to do with these contracts with these guys he seems like he's going to be here for a minute listen how about this you saying that fans don't want that you know his teammates have to be thinking Mm -hmm. my man you gotta get right we are built for right now in the NFL it can come and baby it can go see the Jags see the Jags see the Vikings yes All right, the Jags are done yeah. Listen, it's yeah. not even a question. And listen, uh, with Mincher or whatever he is, Shuddy is playing. All right. But they're done. All right. The court, the 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 the, the best best player on the team is arguing with the head coach, head coach on right. the sidelines. The Vikes, who we thought was going to be the cream of the division. I don't trust Cousins. I, Kirk Cousins happened. Kirk, just y'all. Kirk Cousins is up there robbing y'all. <laughs> I mean, like he's robbing just y'all. a little bit better, a little more consistent. Mitch, isn't he? Yeah. Listen, they they made him better with Case Keenum still up though. I know. Oh, I don't know. He had a spark. He sure did. And he, I, I don't know if I, he makes that throw dude, to Stephen Stephon Diggs, but he doesn't make that interception. You know, that's yeah. a problem. That's a problem. The funny thing, and we were all texting about that game, and I was thinking about it because for a second it looked like they were coming back. Mm-hmm. Do you know that's the big thing in Washington that? He was never a bring you back quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right. He's a play from a head quarterback. And if he brought you back, he didn't bring you back, but he padded his stats mm-hmm. how they felt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this dude ain't gonna be able to pull this off because that's not in his DNA. Yeah, it sure wasn't. <laughs> and and like and like I said, going back to the Bears, man, I'm sure they have to be 
scratching their heads a little bit. Now, Matt Nagy is going to come out and do his presser. He's going to say all the great things that uh, Mitch did, but obviously you have to keep working on some things. I'm looking at uh, a, a video right now in the last play when he got the ball down to uh, Allen Robinson and was able to get the one-second uh, timeout, and he would go to the field goal, and they hit it. And it looked good. And the, It looked the, great. Yeah. It, that was the only thing that looked great. But the problem is you can't play like that consistently. That's his problem. Like he can't he can't look great all the time. And you're not going to have that kind of pressure on you all the time. So it comes down to Matt Nagy. And I think I think in my opinion, I think Ken and I thoughts on Nagy is kind of down the middle maybe. I have been a proponent saying if Matt Nagy, what we're saying right here, I think I'm right about and I think what Ken Ken is right about uh, another point as well on Nagy. What I said at the beginning of the season, if you see that Matt Nagy can't go deep into his playbook, that means something's wrong with Mitch and his team isn't going to win. I know Ken, and please correct me if I'm wrong or not. You said, well, he has to be able to figure out how to use Trubisky in order to win, and I think he did this past week. So I think we're kind of both right. We're, but the same, that's what I was saying that yeah. needs to be done. Like, these, you could have beaten the Green Bay Packers had yep. you used similar t- uh, uh, tactics. tactics. Yes. But see, the thing is this, too. They're still not using these elusive players in space. But they can't. He can't. You know what I That's was wondering? The where's the, where's he the, can't. Where's the screen game? Right? Where's the jet sweep? Dog. They you, had a jet sweep. Greg Patterson took it like 49 yards. But, dog, you got four dudes, three to four dudes. You got Cordell Patterson, Tariqo, and Taylor Gabriel. And they, last year, they used Anthony Miller a lot on that. I'm just like. Ken, they use a lot of that. I think they use a lot of the plays that you wanted to see. Uh, this past game. No, they didn't do it. Not consistently. enough. No. Dog, Is it because two, your quarterback can't can't facilitate it? I think the court, can't I say it? this. I think if you set him up with quick play action, it, some of these things can be accomplished. Now, okay. if that guy isn't open, if the hot route isn't open, you have to go away from it or get rid of the ball. I understand that, but there's too many ways to in a ten yard in a ten yard area to get Cordell Patterson, to get Taylor Gabriel, to get Tariq Cohen, to get David Montgomery, to get these guys the ball, man. And I'm not even talking about touchdowns. I'm just talking about ten to fifteen yards and keeping the momentum going, hitting back with the run, and also you hitting him with that run, hitting with that play action. I think what you're saying we're about to see. I think you're going to see more plays like that where he's going to be able to. Mac Nagy's going to try to scheme to try to get more guys in. I think we saw the preview of that against the uh, Denver Broncos. I, I really, I really believe that. The issue is he can't go deep enough to really show off his offensive mind. And he can't really go off to show the rest of his guys skill on the offensive side of the ball because Mitchell Trubisky does not allow him to do that. That's the problem. All I'm saying is you can still win. Like you're gonna be winning ugly. But look, you think they're going deep in the playbook with Lamar Jackson? They're not I don't know. Deep. They're but not you, going but deep into thing. the play. But They're simplifying everything for him. They're his best friends outside of uh, Hollywood Brown has been his tight ends. Mm-hmm. Like, and Mark Ingram. I was, was going to say, and running the ball. That's this fine. Is a not, young quarterback with a tight end, that's great. You want to see that. This isn't, even look, look how I diss Bill O'Brien for the simplicity of his offense when he's supposed to be an offensive, uh, I'm going to say genius, but a guy that knows what he's doing on the offensive side of the ball. Even if you were doing what the Texas is doing, and I'm looking like, y'all running Duke Johnson. 
Johnson like he's 250. Mm -hmm. But you got better running backs than they have. And if you even played in that fashion, and they don't even have an offensive line. Like, you, you, you're making this too complex. You have – this is the thing. We can get on the Bears. We can – your point would be valid if – you exhausted more of the options first. And we said, damn, they're using all the sweeps. They're using, they they throwing all the screen passes. They're doing all the, the, the change of, of, of motion that they can partially get going on. Then I'd be like, yeah, man, they, they, it's other stuff in the back. They can't go through it because of Mitch. He's not even getting, uh, uh, he's not even taxing all of those options. There's yet. only been two games. I agree. And I, and only I said been two this, games. I, I wonder if he's with him, he wants to keep some of the razzle dazzle in the bag. But the thing is, man, you start out too bad in this division, and we still don't know if Detroit may play a spoiler in here. You know what I'm saying? Who, can, who had them beating the Chargers, too? That was, somebody a, good, picked, that was, a, that somebody was a good win. Pick, I think. I think. Mm-mm. Cal didn't pick them? No, no we, we all were Chargers. I was thinking about those lines. Did you say something that you were thinking about it? Because I think, I, I feel like somebody I was said, trying to pump up that game a little bit more. I I don't think Detroit is terrible. But see, now my, my thoughts are going back to the Chargers now because how many people were like, last year and this year, Rex Ryan, the Chargers are the sneaky picks to win yeah, it all. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, okie dokie. Y'all can sit there and say they, it's something. Yeah, when Kyle and I did our All 32 podcast mm-hmm. review in the week, I was saying, like, if they're going to make the playoffs, they got to win a lot because you can't win the division. So that leaves two spots. And if some other teams explode for a bunch of victories or last place schedules go into 10 wins because of the easiness, like the Chargers are playing a tough schedule and they can't afford to lose any games because they're already in a division where they can't win it. Mm-hmm. How about this? I know we kind of pivoted away from the Bears because I think we exhausted everything we had to say about them. Um, just for now. Just for just for now. We're going to definitely get back into more. The Raiders aren't playing as bad as people thought they were, although I think they are a bad team. But I think they might I'm not be sure play- about them. I yet. think they might be yeah. playing. Pe- I think they might play teams tougher than what they expected. That's a good one. That's that's a, you can, yeah. that's acceptable. Yeah, I definitely I don't think, they're think that get they're a trash. And they come out and hitting the mouth, and it's yep. like, whoa, we thought yep. these guys. They're not like they're close gonna... to Dolphins level. No, trash God, no, anyway. God, no, God, no. I Even if that the Dolphins team kept all their pieces, they're right. not that bad. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers. I'm mean, the Lakers. I'm sorry if the uh, Raiders won four. four games. Yeah, four. But I bet you. This old sports attitude is kind of like, boy, when you, they might have lost, but you know, but you played them. You know, you played them. Oh, we used to do that in high school. Yeah, coaches used to call our coach and be like, "Man, we got this many guys in the, uh, the training room," like, and they would have three strings. We have one, and we would lay that wood on. Yeah, you, like you were going to be hurt. And I think, and I'm not, I mean, this might sound crazy, but I wouldn't be surprised if they actually kind of playing for uh, John Gruden. Especially with the offseason they had with AB. I think they're playing for themselves more. That's true. I think think John Gruden. I will always say a player's playing for himself. But I I mean, it's a collective. Yeah, yeah. Because I think they look at John Gruden kind of like, man, what was you doing? Like, Mm -hmm. you brought all this in here, right? Like, we told you we got this. You brought this guy in here, and then you were the one that was sitting there and kept placating towards him. When Look, you know Mayock was, and you know some of the players was like, especially when we found out later from David Carr talking about it, when it happened that the practices were better when Antonio Brown yeah, wasn't there. there. Right. So you know other places like, dude, he need to go. go. Like it's just it's yeah. like so and the coach is the only person really there that's like, man, we gotta hold on to him. We gotta hold on to him. I mean think of anything invested in him or, or traded for him. I'm not, I'm not sure but listen, your GM who made the deal was like, even though it was John Gruden's team, mm-hmm. was like, dude, I bet you I bet you Mayak went in there was like, it's him or me. All right, you know what? We're going to go ahead and break down some more of this Bears victory over the Denver Broncos with Jake Purper of Bears Backer. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Bears Backer. Come on back. D and Davis Show. 
Hey, this is Rich Campbell from the Chicago Tribune, and you're listening to the D and Davis Show. D and Davis Show right now on the line, friend of the show and founder of Bears Backer, Jake Perper, is returning to the show. Uh, it could have been a, a bad discussion with Jake, and maybe he would have straightened us out, but we can be a happier discussion because it may have been fluky, but the Bears pulled it off. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing well. So listen, uh, before we get into the game, uh, we began the season before the beginning of the season with a discussion between D and myself where D was saying that the season rides on Mitch and I was saying that the season rides on a Matt Nagy because if Mitch isn't the dude, or not the dude, but he has the yips, Matt has to manage it properly. Uh, what have you seen in, in both of their second years in this system and one as a head coach that has given you, uh, I don't know, positive reaffirmation or what is it kind of taken back from what you thought these guys should be doing right now? Well, I think the panic around the league and I mean, I've seen some crazy stories with ESPN kind of pushing Mitch Trubisky's regression. And, and I get it. It's fair because, you know, they did pass up on Patrick Mahomes and trade up, a, you know, one spot to get Mitch Trubisky. But here's my thing. Mitch Trubisky can be a solid quarterback. He doesn't need to be Patrick Mahomes. Would having Patrick Mahomes on that offense be great? Yeah, obviously. But <laughs> that's done and over with. I mean, the only reason they're one and one is because of Mitch Trubisky. You know, if he doesn't make that throw and get the timeout, I mean, that was a veteran move. I mean, Peyton Manning, that's like a Peyton Manning-esque move, Tom Brady-esque move. That that really was really nice to see. And the week one you know, game, I don't put that all on Mitch Trubisky. He did play bad. He threw a to- horrible interception at the end of that game. But his play calling was beyond confusing. He had no rhythm. It was very hard for anyone to get into a rhythm. You know, Allen Robinson in that second half was the only guy that really got going. David Montgomery wasn't on the field. Mike Davis. I mean, Matt Nagy was just trying to confuse Green Bay. And and, and by doing that, he confused himself. Mm-hmm. And they threw so many passes. And if you heard the broadcast this week with Mark Schlereth and, and Dick Stockton, which was one of the most unbiased Fox broadcasts I've ever heard, you know, they pointed out that they need the they cannot pass that much. You can't run the ball 15 times and win a game. I mean, I know they almost blew it this week against Denver and pulled it out, but, you know, they did enough defensively and did, again, enough offensively to win that game. They're going to have to score more points moving forward, but, you know, Denver is not an easy place to play. You know, get back to Chicago, score a little more points, and then everyone's going to kind of feel more comfortable. Which goes to my point and what I was saying as far as it's it's on Nagy because I, I view Nagy as having, having the potential to be great. I've never viewed Mitch as having that. And with this team being in the championship window, you have to find a way to, if it's not necessarily through the passing game, but running the rock. Do you think with, with Nagy, and I, I think about it like this, running the ball is never sexy. No one ever says, boy, you're ingenious how you're running that ball. Do you think that Nagy, like a, a younger Andy Reid, is still kind of caught up in that trying to prove his genius? Or is it a situation where he's trying to sit there and groom Mitch while trying to get this team into contention? I'm not 100% sure. I mean, my my kind of overreaction after week one, a lot, again, we kind of go back to the first question. What A lot of people panicked and was like, Trubisky's bad. You know, if they saw the highlights, yeah, he looked bad. He could have thrown four picks in that game. But my thing is, and, and my over, similar to what happened when Mark Trustman came in, we were so excited about what he could do with the offense and, you know, what he was able to do for the first half of that season and much of that, that first season he was there. And then he regressed in the second season and obviously he was gone shortly after. 
I don't think that's what's going to happen with Matt Nagy, but there comes a point when the league kind of figures it out. And the reason teams like the Rams who have a young coach, you know, are so good is because Sean McVay is a consistent play caller. He knows what he's doing. He has, he holds his guy accountable and Jared Goff has gotten better each and every season outside of that Super Bowl that, you know, was horrible to watch. But, you know, my, my point is Matt Nagy has to come up with better game plans to keep everyone going. You know, there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. Anthony Miller has one catch in two weeks. Javon Wims has been on the field a lot. He hasn't even been thrown to. Uh, obviously, the tight end situation is very fishy with Trey Burton, you know, kind of banged up and Adam Shaheen not showing what we thought he would be. So, you know, they got to lean on Allen Robinson. They got to get Taylor Gabriel the ball way more than they already have. Tariq Cohen is uh, what what are these guys roles is my question. You know, mm. Matt Nagy is making it harder to figure out what this offense really can be. And last year it was the opposite. You know, Gabriel was a for sure thing. You know, Anthony Miller had his role. Allen Robinson got going late in the season. Tariq Cohen got going. You know, he has to figure this out. And David Montgomery, there's no excuse for him not to touch the ball more than, 15, you know, less than 15 to 16 times a game. D and Dave's show on allowance right now, Jake Perper. Make sure you follow Jake on Twitter at Bears Backer. Uh, Jake, with everything you just said, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you have a lot of questions or concerns when it comes to Matt Nagy. Yeah, I mean, look at the two weeks of production. You know, 16 points offensively, three in the first week. I mean, that's inexcusable. I know there's some offenses that are, you know, better right now. You know, you see the Ravens, you see the Chiefs, the Patriots. Again, those were two tough games. A lot of people were trying to write off Green Bay. They still have a Hall of Fame quarterback Mm -hmm. in Aaron Rodgers, and they're going to be a good team if he's healthy. And Denver, again, is a hard place to play. So I do need another week to to really – figure everything else out but at the same time the numbers aren't good the focus is confusing and Matt Nagy really needs to kind of hone in on what he really wants this offense to be because it's starting to feel like teams have them figured out you know the jet sweeps aren't working the the screens aren't working and and it's not really Trubisky's fault when he has to throw it 55 times they're not going to win a game I mean most quarterbacks don't win games when they throw 55 times, right. plus it's an overtime game. So, you know, I'm not putting it all on Nagy. Trubisky has to play better, and he does have a horrible tendency of staring down his first option and his receivers. And, again, that interception in the Green Bay game was not necessary. He could have, you know, kind of dink and dunk the ball down the field like he was before. But, um, you know, to that point, I think a lot of it falls on Matt Nagy, and he, he has held himself responsible, but – you can't win many games the way that they've played offensively the last two weeks. Luckily they have an amazing defense that has bailed them out of many situations. Even going back to the playoff game last year, they only scored what? how many points did they score? About 11 points, something like that. Yeah. We're going back into the uh, playoff game. So basically I'm trying to say the past three games, the real games that matter, the offense hasn't uh, looked that well. And I'm with you. It's kind of 50, 50 on Nagy and uh, Trubisky, but one guy who has shown some flashes. And I think a lot of people are very excited about is uh, David Montgomery. What do you think about his play so far? I mean, if you watch the preseason, which was very hard to watch because there was guys that clearly weren't going to make the team yeah. playing, but the few touches that David Montgomery got, Man, he looked he looked special, and it's, it's it reminds me of a Matt Forte when he came in the league. He was he did what he, he did what he did right away in that game against Indy the year after they lost the Super Bowl, and he popped off. And I was expecting that in Week One. I thought 
you know, Montgomery was going to get the ball as much as Forte did that season right from the start. They kind of built it up like that. They rested him in the preseason. But, um, you know, Montgomery had some runs last week where it was like, how did he even get five yards? Where He kind of snuck down and, and, and got some yardage. And he, to me, he, he's a dog. He never gives up. His vision's very good. And he ran some routes. Uh, Trubisky had some overthrows on, on, but he's a very good route runner, and he's someone um, that they're going to look to. And just like Tariq Cohen, they can have them both on the field and kind of throw the ball and, and run it too and kind of confuse defenses, which is something I think Naki has to do, has to have both those guys on the field together. You brought up preseason, and uh, do you think that the players should play more or with high salaries is best to leave the players out? Do you think part of the reason the Bears aren't performing well, particularly the offense, is because they didn't get enough reps in preseason? Uh, I don't. I don't think the preseason matters that much. I think. I think they should at least get one half of football in. Okay. I don't think there should even be four preseason games. I think there should only be two. But you know that's a discussion for another time. I don't think you know that was they were trying to make that out as well after the, the first game that you know maybe the pre, they didn't play enough in the preseason and that's why they're they're rusty. But you know Green Bay didn't look that good either. So and they have again they have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. So. I don't think that really plays into it. I think it's the same offense. There's just more weapons, and Matt Nagy is not figuring out correctly how to use all those guys. It seems like he's kind of overwhelmed at this point, in my mind, and he has to figure that out. Ooh. Jake, what unit has performed better at the same level or worse than last year? Um, that That's an interesting question. Uh, I mean, obviously the defense has not taken a step back, which is uh, – which is a big deal because you, you know, moving defensive coordinators around, obviously Vic Fangio going to Denver and Chuck Pagano coming in, that's not always the smoothest transition. So I honestly, I think the defense might have a chance to be more dominating this season over the 16 game year and in 16 game season. And, and I say that because of week one, there has never been a game in. I've held him to that. I think he had like 205 yards and outside of that one drive, he almost did nothing. And I don't think, and again, it was a week one game on a Thursday night, you know, early, not enough practices, but I've never seen the bears defense hold Aaron Rodgers like they did. Again, there was a one drive that ended the game, but if the bears had any offense, they would have won that. So, you know, I think based off of that one game and, and, and in Denver, they had some huge plays, uh, even down the stretch, I know they gave up a touchdown, but they had, they had some huge plays down the stretch where you could just tell they're that all pro defense and they're they're not letting you in no matter what. So I think over the course of the year, they have so much depth on the defense. Roquan Smith is getting better but each game. You know, there's some young guys on that defense. I really think that that's where they could even get be better than last season. Dean Davis on the line right now, Jake Pepper. Jake, let me ask you this, sticking with the defense. Uh, do you like what Chuck Pagano has done so far? What are some of the differences you notice between Vic Fangio's defense and Chuck Pagano's? And uh, you just mentioned they may be better than last year, so I, I believe you must kind of like what Chuck Pagano's done so far. Yeah, uh, you know, Chuck Pagano's known for his blitzing, and I think we saw that. I hate to bring up the name Buster Screen because he almost blew that game uh, with the offsides. But, you know, on that last drive, uh, which actually was, again, another Matt Nagy mistake. I hate to harp on him, but there was a lot of corner blitzes going on and three in a row from screen screen. And the first one worked the second one, he got to, uh, towards Flacco. And then the third one, um, in a row, they called a timeout on, and that's, that was the fourth and 10 where 
a very strange timeout where it gave Denver kind of a breather and they were able to get to convert that fourth and 10. But that's the kind of stuff that you're going to see. I know we saw that a little bit with Bryce Callahan last year with Fangio, but I think we're going to see a lot of more exotic blitzes. And also in week one, we saw, you know, Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd kind of go to the same side or Khalil Mack and Roy Robertson Harris, you know, go on the same side and pressure, pressure Aaron Rodgers. And those are things that are very creative and fun to see. And I think Pagano has a little bit more creativity, so to speak, than, than Vic Fangio who's kind of old school and just kind of to get after you is his, uh, is his motto. And sticking with the former, uh, former defensive coordinator and Vic Fangio as a head coach, what did you think about his game? But also as a, a defensive specialist, what do you think about the, that Denver defense so far? I think the Denver defense is, is very talented. I mean, they have, kind of set up similar to what the bears have. They have, you know, very good pass rushers in, in, in Nick Chubb and, uh, I'm sorry, Bradley Chubb and, um, and Von Miller. So in, in that regard, you know, they're going to be able to do a lot and they have, you know, good enough corners to hold their own as well on the back end. But I really loved what Vic Fangio, you know, obviously the two point conversion play was confusing with all the penalties, but I loved how he had the guts to be like, Hey, we're going for it. I mean, that's, that takes a lot for a first-year coach. He just wanted to win that game, and I really applaud him for, for doing that and not even thinking about kicking that extra point and just going for the win. I think that showed a lot, and I think uh, he deserves to be a head coach. It's I thought it was kind of long overdue. I'm not sure why he hasn't had a job before. Jake, um, based on the first two games of this season, and yes, it is still pretty early, but are you concerned for this Bears team coming in with all the hype of possibly this being a Super Bowl contending team? Not really. Uh, The thing is, I really hate when they have the hype. I mean, think about the year after the Super Bowl, they had all the hype. They didn't do too well. I mean, now they have all the hype because they had one good season in the last eight years or whatever. I think, you know, Mitch Trubisky said it perfect in that press conference after the Green Bay loss in week one. You know, maybe he said, maybe we got into the hype too much. We caught up to the hype of this game, the what it meant, you know, and they, they put on a whole show. It was the first game of the season. So that's always a lot of pressure. The 85 Bears took the field all pumped up. You know, Jay Cutler was there, you know, on the sideline. A couple other former players were on the sideline. You know, that's a lot of pressure. And for a young quarterback to say that and admit that, you know, maybe the hype got to us. That's something that Matt Nagy needs to control. And the guys around all these players need to control, especially the young guys like a Mitch Trubisky or a Roquan Smith. The veterans are going to be fine. But, you know, they need Tariq Cohen, another guy for another example. So that's that's where I lie on that. I don't think that there's a need to panic right now. Again, they're lucky to be one and one, but they could also be two and oh right now. I mean, they had control of both of those games. I mean, they had control of the Packers game that first quarter. They were dominating defensively. They just didn't get anything going offensively. So if they get a little more production from the offense and still play as well as they do, as great as they do defensively, they're going to be fine. They really are. And they haven't even come close to the takeaway amount that they had last year. And that's something that's coming in the next few weeks, I think. The Bears take on Washington next. What are your keys to victories for the Bears? Uh, I mean, Adrian Peterson, is he still is he still going to be good against the Bears? Uh, I mean, Quite honestly, they just got they got to score points and they got to create turnovers. Case Keenum has overperformed these first two weeks, and you know give credit to him and Washington. They've played pretty well, but he's not that good of a quarterback. He's a he's a bridge quarterback 
for that team, for Dwayne Haskins in the future, for for him to be the starter. So they got to take advantage. They got to get after the quarterback. They got to get after Keenum and force turnovers and and put up some points. Whether the defense does it, they they get touchdowns like we've seen before, or Mitch Trubisky, you know, punches that in. So they got they got to take advantage of Case Keenum being the quarterback for Washington. What about the O line play for the Bears in these first two games? Have they? Is there any been any regression? Or again, and I don't want to harp on preseason. Has there? Has they not played enough with one another? Even though they played last week, I mean last year, to really gel and be the same unit that felt like they were last year. Even though Mitch hasn't performed, especially the Packers game, it seemed like he was under duress a lot. Yeah, I honestly I thought that that first week there was definitely some mental mistakes for the offensive line and kind of what you're pointing to. They you know, haven't all played together. James Daniels at center and Cody Whitehair's at guard now. But I thought this past week that they really played well. Kyle Long didn't really make many mistakes. James Daniels wasn't getting pushed around as much as he as he did in that first game. Uh, Charles Leno, I think, had a holding penalty. But, you know, those are going to happen. I, I thought that they played a lot cleaner up front. And, and that's the key to the game. People don't really give credit to the offensive line or you know, they do give credit to defensive line because of sacks, but you look at any team that's been in the Super Bowl the past few years and they have great offensive lines and great defensive lines. So I think that the offensive line for the Bears can be really good if they stay healthy. And they showed a lot last week from, you know, bouncing back from a kind of a rocky game in, in week one. With Dave Tobe here, especially during the Lovey era, we knew that the special teams were going to be strong. And one of the things that we, and unfortunately it's because the offense hasn't been, wasn't that good, but it's one of those things you can count on, miss with the kicker or not. What about the special teams this year? I know it's a small sample size, but it seems like they've kind of corrected that and focused on it. And a lot of times people miss out when it's on the third phase. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cordero Patterson he hasn't broke out for a long kick return. And to be honest, the NFL has kind of made it harder for kick returns to happen by moving the ball to the 25 yard line a few years ago. But you saw what his effect on the game could be on that huge 45 or 50 yard run. Um, he was flying down the field. So if he can even do a couple of those and get to midfield and you got Tariq Cohen as a punt returner, um, you know, they're solid. Pat O'Donnell had like a 75 yard punt that rolled all the way, you know, down the field at the end of the game, which was huge. But Eni Pinheiro is obviously, I don't want to get overhyped on him, but, you know, he that kid, you know, he drilled that kick. Yeah. I mean, that could have been a 60-yarder. And, mm-hmm. and and that is that takes a lot. And I really loved his press conference as well, um, kind of relating to what the Bears theme is. And he, he said he came into UF in a similar situation. You know, the, the kicker they had before was struggling. They, they got rid of him. He comes in, the pressure's on him. And now it's the same thing for taking over for the kicker that the Bears had last year. So, you know, I think Eddie Pinheiro can be good. It's only two weeks in, but if they could solve the kicker situation, they're going to be a lot, lot better. But again, they have to score touchdowns more than the field goals. But to be in situations like that and have a guy who can can do that confidently is gigantic. Dean Davis on the line right now, founder of Bears backer Jake Perper. You hear all this excellent football talk. My last one right now, Jake. Uh, look, I, I was watching Monday Night Football and – I love him to death. Steve Young was raving about or kind of getting on the fact that back in his day, players couldn't request a trade and then be traded. They just had to ride with the team. Are we looking at, and he compared that he's been compared to the NBA. Are we looking at a new era with Mika Fitzpatrick and Jalen Ramsey, or is this just a small sample size or is it, or bringing in the AB situation with the Raiders where teams are more willing to just cut a player loose? Now, when I mean cut, I mean, they're still going to get some assets back, but there's no reason for them to try to have that type of power of a player when they can just get them out of their program. Or is this just an outlier? 
I think there's a lot to it. I think the new CBA, I mean, they're going to have to really figure out contracts. Uh, I think, believe it's in 2021 is when that's up. Um, you know, you look at Le'Veon Bell, you look at Melvin Gordon, he's still out. I mean, these, these guys want to get paid and they don't feel like they are deserved. You know, they don't think that they're getting paid enough. And, and honestly, you look at other leagues, NBA, major league baseball, even soccer, you know, these guys are getting paid insane amounts of money. And there's so much guaranteed money that goes into it. Hockey, even even they get like sometimes more money than running backs. You know, Patrick Kane makes like eleven million dollars a year. Yeah. You know, so and Melvin Gordon has every right to be upset, but at a certain point, you got to be reasonable. They offer ten, he wants eleven. I mean, that's ridiculous. But I mean, at a certain point, it's a lot of money. But I think that Steve Young makes a good point. But again, he's not living in this era of of the players it's different because it's a different era they're they're younger they're that's what they're used to i mean that's why when like brian urlacher was cut by the bears or they didn't resign him let me correct that that was kind of to me that uh, was when i realized yeah. that like things are changing yeah good point great point. because brian urlacher was with the bears for so long he's a legendary player there was no reason to really even let him go they should just had him for one more year and and, and gone on with it and that to me there's no loyalty anymore. You know, if a guy's not good, if he he's replaceable, they can get someone for cheaper. That's what they're going to do. And the dolphins have, you know, that's a different situation. They're just trying to rack up picks like the Browns have in the past few years. But again, back to my point, like Brian Urlacher and guys like that, that got, you know, didn't get re-signed. That was a strong sign to me that things in the NFL are changing. And that was a long time ago. So, um, it's only unraveled more since then. And I'm not surprised because again, the CBA needs to be reworked. And 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 good for Julio Jones for kind of getting the contract that he did, getting ninety seven percent guaranteed, and that's something we're going to see more of, I think, and especially with the CBA, you know, getting reworked. Yeah, Jake, I'm about to give you a question that D asked almost every guest three years ago, but I'm going to ask it to you right now. What did I say? I'm about to let you. I'm about to give it to you. With all these (laughs) injuries that have taken place, is there a chance that Colin Kaepernick gets a call back into the NFL? I mean, the, if honestly, the Jets should give him a call right now, but I don't know. Like to me, you got to sit in a, you got to sit in the owner's chair for a second. You can't be a fan, and when you come to this question, I mean, they had Tebow. Uh, this is just an example of like if the Jets were going to take a chance. The Jets had Tebow. Remember the hoopla behind mm-hmm. Tebow mania? Yeah. Imagine if Kaepernick shows up now after all this time off. I mean, that would Kaepernick and Le'Veon Bell in the same locker room. I mean, that could just be. Everyone could get fired. You put your job on the line for a guy like that. I don't know. Okay. I, I just don't know if I if I'm an owner. As much as I think he's still talented, he's still sort of in his prime, and he could be better than those guys. Is it really worth the risk? Understandable. Yeah. Is it really like there's guys' jobs on the line? You know, these people have to feed families. I know everyone views these NFL owners as rich and you know whatever, but they could lose their job and you know whatever and not have another job in their lifetime. There's a lot of guys, GMs, that don't get another job again. You know, the Bears GM before uh, Ryan Pace, Jerry Angelo, Jerry he's no, yeah, he's nowhere. So, I mean, I'm he obviously has had some money, but you know my point. Like, you can't risk it all on a guy like that, especially with everything that has happened. It, to me, I have to sit as with the owner mentality, sort of like the show Ballers. I don't know if you guys watch that show. Oh, yeah. But sort of like, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has to do now without these, you know, Chiefs you know, general manager, uh, owner, you got to sit down with that mindset and, and you got to think, is this really worth the risk? So I, my answer would be no, as much as I'd want to say yes, because it would be like a huge deal and 
you know, you'd look really good. But if Kaepernick does something idiotic, then boom, you, you look like an idiot and your job's on the line. All right, Jake. Hey, man, thanks for hopping on with us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. All right. That was Jake Perper of Bears Backer. Make sure you follow Jake on Twitter at Bears Backer. All right. You know what? We're going to go around the league a little bit more. More NFL talk right here. Dean Davis Show. What's up, everybody? It's Cameron Smith from CBS 2 Chicago. You're listening to the D and Davis Show. Eddie P, you know what I'm saying? Birthday, man. Uh, and he came out and nailed that. That's a hell of a, that's a hell of a, that's how you want to play ball, man. D and Davis, we are back still talking a little bit of the Bears because uh, I'll tell you this much. No, nah, probably I'm lying. If they would have lost, we wouldn't be carrying this on another segment. But we would have. We would have <laughs> ro- rolled on that ass. So rolled them. Uh, but listen, it was good the fact that they got the victory. Uh, you just heard Khalil Mack there uh, discussing as far as his excitement. And, of course, Eddie Pinero on his birthday kicking two plus 50-yard kicks and a 40-yarder. It's a team that just went through the, the Cody Parkey situation. I mean, we think about the Cody Parkey situation as far as what happened in the Eagles game. But what about if they had a better record and they weren't? they had a bye? You know what I'm saying? Like if you just if you just think of because Cody Parkey lost like two or three games last. He definitely yeah. lost Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing like we were we were afraid of that. Look, it got to the point where we well, go ahead. I was gonna. You just made me think of it. Since uh, we're talking about reactions, did you guys have thoughts going into that kick? Oh yeah, I, with Eddie Pernier? Yeah, I thought I, I, had I, a I said he's he gonna, gonna hit it. it. I said he's gonna hit it. Yeah. That's one thing I, I remember thinking like, yeah, he's gonna because yeah. I wasn't gonna carry that yoke from uh, Cody Parker yeah. with me. He had a, he has a strong leg and he already he already. Uh, Previously hit two pretty long distance uh, field goals with no problem, and also too, he's in Denver, so that ball is going to travel. So I'm not worried about distance. Obviously, you got to worry about accuracy. But he had already kind of did it, so I had a feeling like, oh snap! The football gods smiled on the Chicago Bears. They're about to win this game, and lo and behold, they won. You know, it's funny you say that. Football gods smiling. Have the Bears had the most religious kickers in the league my last goodness, couple of years? Yes. Oh my God. Like, to a Dude. level that I've not seen from, like, really any care. I thought Martin Gramatica was the king, pointing up to the sky and then falling and tearing his ACL. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just let everybody know this. Uh, I think you should know it. Uh, God isn't watching football. <laughs> I mean, just, what you think God doing on Sunday nights? Uh, After church is over. Right, chilling. He probably, probably turned on a little football. I don't think he's popping a few open and like, let me see what well, the Bears doing. If he's tuning in, but is he deciding? I think I think God watches the Bears because oh, yeah. Virginia. Her piousness. <laughs> uh, oh, sweet Virginia. Real quick, real quick. And, I, and look, I can be wrong because the Rams beat the Bears, but the Bears didn't play the Saints last year. But both of those teams finished 13 and 3. Okay. Well, yeah, if they went in so Miami. Just, 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 and again, oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, and again, I think it, I'm sure he took us out of another game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a few Well, points. I mean, you lost the Giants. That was a big one. Yeah. You should have you, you, you beat the Pack. Yes, yep. like you said. Week one. Week yeah. one, yes. I wonder which games did he miss a kick in? Well, Miami was the one that came to mind because that was the one, kind of like Denver. They were just surviving. The environment was really killing them with that yeah, heat. the heat down and there. And they yeah. turned the ball over like multiple times in that yeah. fourth quarter that would have sealed it, and then they still got in position for like a 50-some yarder. If Cody hits it, game over at the end of the clock. He misses, they go into overtime, and then that's all she wrote. Yeah, they lost. And actually, I was, I was I think I was listening to Anthony Heron and Lawrence Holmes on Lawrence Holmes' show and Lawrence asked him, like, uh, what did you think about the last, you know, last play with the field goal, whatever like that. 
uh, no, I think he asked about the two point conversion. He said, "Were you shocked that Vic Fangio went with that?" He said, "Yes, man, actually, I am." He said, "Cause they was out beating the Bears for the fourth quarter." He said, "I would have thought they would have just gone ahead and just went for the field goal, play for the tie, get the ball, and just march down on them." What the did Bears, you guys think? The Bears defense then was gassed. What did you think of the oh, call? Oh, the Bears defense, dog. They look bad. I, was I thought it was the right call by Oh, Vic. no, no, no. I uh, I do think it's the right call to make this go ahead. I think the, the, the stats show, the numbers show, and numbers sometimes do lie, but the numbers say to go for the two. Uh, no, it says go for the tie on at home. At home it says go for yeah, the tie? Yeah, because they're saying that going into OT is better for the home team. Yeah. On the road, it's okay, go for two. Okay, okay. Uh, either way, I know I, I know a lot I more I still teams, thought he made the right decision, though. I think a lot I more think, teams are going for the two now. But this is the thing, too. Wherever they at. With a team like that, who they don't have an identity yet, mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing you want to instill in them that I got faith now. We about to go do this. Yeah, I got faith And it y'all. worked. It We're gonna take work. advantage of our opportunity. It did, and it worked. It, it was the right call. He did. He, only thing Anthony Heron was saying was like, "Man, the Bears wasn't playing great on defense. You take your chances, and you and they were moving the ball on the Bears. They were moving the ball on them." He's like, "I was kind of shocked by that." But like I said, man, the football guys kind of smiled down on the Bears, and they got their play. They got the uh, penalty called uh, against. Was it Chubbs? Yeah, yeah, Bradley Chubb. Yeah, Chubb. Let me ask you guys a quick yeah, question. And they, got, and they got to play. There's been some backlash about uh, Mike Davis. And I remember watching the game. Too much Mike Davis. Yeah. And I was like, man, does this guy suck? And then I went to Twitter and everybody was killing him. Did do you guys have a feeling mm-hmm. on Mike Davis? Mm-hmm. Is he just, you shouldn't too, feature him at all? It's too early to put the, all that on that kid. And I, again, I said this on Sportfeed. I've said it here. I have a real fear of David Montgomery getting hurt. And I, no, no, we're not going to wood. Not to put an emoji, but I want y'all to remember it. David Montgomery is very good on his feet, and he's young. He gives himself a lot up a lot in traffic trying to spin and get out of something. He's he's going to get hurt, and he's going to lose some balls like that. So for me, you you, you ran the kid, what, 17 times uh, this past week, I believe? Montgomery, I thought, was 19. I'm talking about... Um, Davis? Davis? Yeah. I thought he only Davis got, got like... 18 carries. Wow. No. No, I'm sorry. David Montgomery is what I meant to say. Okay. Montgomery got 18 carries. Mike Davis got three carries. I think it's a situation so where, yeah, he, where he was out you gotta there. You got to also understand, you usually don't put the rookie in. Yeah, that's fair. You don't. You go the, the vet who's supposed to be able you paid. You did pay Mike Davis. Mm-hmm. You sure did. Or you paid him. And now as the season prolongs, you were just saying, listen, we get into the season and we get into week six and seven. Yeah, he's got enough reps that he should be out there. But no, I, I I agree with you with Mac Davis. They have to be able to put. They, I, I think fans were as they was watching the game, Brian. It was kind of the situations that they were in, and they already noticed this is a tight game. It's kind of like we don't want to see no more of Mike Davis. That's I think that's the issue. Ken, I he think might suck right. though. I, I don't know. I don't know. But he, thing, he, listen, we don't we don't know yet because it's the first time we actually see him run the ball. Has he gotten a lather? True. He got three carries. Three carries. And I it's don't know not if like you want a lather. Well, listen, though. it's not like he's getting featured in the passing game, so he's used to it. I mean, dude, you can go three running backs deep, especially when Tariq Cohen is going to be playing all of the. It's going to uh, be getting. Yeah. yeah so you can yeah. go three running backs. Like, no one features a running back really outside of three to four teams. Yeah. So, again, I, I, to me, it wasn't a big issue. Now, if he would have had, if it would have been uh, David Montgomery had 14 carries, and we're talking 
talking about Davis. I mean, Mike Davis had 10. Then I could understand that. He had three carries. And again, if the situation may have been a, a volatile and you were worried about it, maybe. And, and again, I know he was just saying it. Maybe Nagy's not trying to put too much on this kid. Yeah. All right, so just to kind of pivot to some other uh, teams throughout the uh, throughout last week or this past week, NFL Week Week Two. Uh, as I, I brought up before, I want to kind of want to piggyback to it, and I was talking about the Oakland Raiders, which and Ken mentioned that they're probably going to play for themselves also a little, and I mentioned they maybe play for a little bit of Chucky. But I was looking at their um, I was looking at their schedule coming up. So they beat Denver. They got smoked by KC, which is not shocking. Then they play Minnesota. Then they play Indianapolis. Then they're in London against Chicago. And then they're against Green Bay. Is it far-fetched to me to think they could probably win two out of those four games? Minnesota, Indianapolis, Chicago. How many are home? Uh, Actually, you know what? They're not going to be at home for a while. Who? Min- the, Raiders. the Raiders. Oh, yeah, they're not going to be back to after the baseball season. After the baseball season, yeah. Because they're saying how they, that's been the last time you'll see a, a dirt in, in field. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so, so they're at Minnesota. Even if they make it to the, the World Series, they're like, they're not going to be back. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they ain't going to happen. I know. They're at, Get out, you bum. They're at Minnesota. They're at Indianapolis. They're in, that's a home game for them, but they're in London, and then they're at Green Bay. They can beat it. So is it, is it possible they can They can definitely two, win two the London wins. game, because I think that, that those are always just kind of tricky flip grabs. of the coin yeah up for grabs oh yeah up for grabs yeah uh that's they, when they play indy no, play no the bears oh the bears gonna kick that ass i mean they probably are but i'm just saying. Gonna, their car's gonna look like david Carr out there he better now let me you say that is mm-hmm. our all these two past two games are you that confident the bears are gonna kick the raiders ass i'm worried i'm talking about the defense I'm talking about that defense is going to be on. But what man. about our? But what about the Bears' offense? Let me ask you: Wait, what great defenses have the Raiders played so far? They look decent against Kansas City, which we all know doesn't have a good defense. They don't. They don't. All they right. don't. And it was able to beat Denver. I think. I think a lot of people thought Denver defense would be a little bit better, and, which they played pretty well against the Bears. But Denver, but the Bears like, offense, as you opened great. up the show, saying that teams aren't getting up for them. It's a divisional game. They know that they know the tendencies, so especially not on defense, but on offense of the uh, well, not maybe not even offense of Denver, but still, it's a division game. So usually, you play your division rivals better. Okay. But I'm just saying that I don't think the Bears are. Gonna, I th- I'll say another thing: the Bears are in the eye. They they just got out of the eye of the storm, but they know that storm is right on their back. Oh, it's coming. And the last thing they can do compared to that last year's team, I'm not saying it won't happen. It's still a possibility every given Sunday they can lose. And like, as Ryan said. When you play overseas, it's, it can go either way. They're, I think they're going to try to dot the I's and cross the T's, unlike last year and, again, being Nagy's rookie season against the lesser opponents, like we mentioned the, the Dolphin game and the Giants game last season. So I, I think they're not going to sit there and let – and also that that uh, London stage, a lot of those Bears players like the spotlight or whatever. So I'm sure Keem Hicks is going to go over there give them – I'll tell you the only thing that can really stop them if they get some more players hurt, as we talked about Bilal Nichols being mm-hmm. injured and him being such a key part. But my boy that I talked about two years ago, maybe three, I think he's been here for three to four years now. Uh, Roy Robinson Harris At least three Yeah Yeah Because yeah. his first year He didn't play Yeah he right, was he like on IR But I, like three years ago I think me and Sid I think you were out You were gone a, a Saturday Sunday And I was like Man Roy Robinson Harris I just I, And he, he hadn't popped Like last year Actually he slightly regressed 
from where it seemed like he was going to go the year before. Mm-hmm. But this year, he's been balling. They get need to give him some change before he got, he can get some out change. Yeah, yeah. All right, because you need those type of guys. And is again, you see with Bilal Nichols getting hurt. I'm happy they let Buller go and just gave that job to him because it was clear that. Bullard was never going to be what he was supposed to be. Like he was in Florida coming up in here yeah. to the Bears. Uh, NFC West. Check them out. Three teams 2-0 and oh, and Kyler Murray is down and slanging that rock around with Arizona. One loss and one tie but he's passing, the, passing the ball Dude, very I, well. I wanted him as my backup fantasy quarterback. I knew he was going to be able to get especially before the tape is out. He's going to yes. be able to do his thing. And me and Tony was talking today, and we were talking about Tua, and I was like, listen, you cannot compare Tua's arm to Kyler Murray's arm. Like, he doesn't have that. Like, Kyler Murray can slang that rock. He's he, just short. He's short. Yeah. All right, but he can slang that. Like, that ball jumps up out of his hands. Um, again, I wouldn't prefer him to be my quarterback. I think he's going to be a very successful Doug Flutie. Like, in a way that teams are going to give him much more allowance than they gave Doug Flutie. With Doug Flutie, they were always looking to replace him. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I think Kyler Murray, even if he doesn't end up with the Cardinals, gets another chance with another team, perhaps. Uh, but yeah. Uh, you, he, Niners 2-0. and Seattle 2-0. Jimmy G, boys. He, like, he put on the game, too. That porn, that porn star... It's doing them right. <laughs> Seattle was able to eke out a win in in Pittsburgh. Yeah, the Rams are being. They didn't the Rams. eke it out. Big Ben they got about hurt. Two, they won by two points, didn't they? That was yeah. the first. That was, that was the beginning of the year, right? That was the first game, or that was this past week. No, it was past weekend. It's past weekend. Yeah, but I mean that game was over. Big Ben got hurt. Oh, okay. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of about uh, the injuries a little bit, if y'all don't mind. Every uh, quarterback, except for like the bad ones. <laughs> And Patrick Mahomes, you got Eli's got benched. Big Ben yes. seems like he blew his uh, his ulcer collateral ligament. Seems like he's going to get Tommy John surgery. Yeah, he's out for the season. Cam Newton's foot was hurting him. Cam is is is, is sitting down for a minute. Uh, Drew Brees' thumb is thumb. messed up out for six to eight weeks. Reminded, reminded me of Jay Cutler when he broke his thumb yeah. that one year. Yeah, and he was just done, done. halfway through the year. I think mm-hmm. it was something like it was that. Like the season was d- over yep. with. Yep. Uh, you have the and the crazy thing is, I was like, I wish the league would try to fix this because it's like you are already what? Uh, protecting the quarterback even more because the, the thing that I was thinking about Mono can't protect you. That's what happened to Sam Donald. Come on, man. The teenage diseases. Six to eight. He made uh, my, my 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 teammate. I know. Uh, uh, it worked. I know that girl was 18. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know, um, what grown woman got mono? Some, somebody gave him the kissing mm-hmm. disease. But no, my coworker uh, at work, my teammate on my on, on the team, uh, said that he said he feels better right now, but he's going to be out for a little three bit longer. Weeks at least. Yeah, three weeks at least because he's he said got a, it's his spine or something like that, he said. And he's like, if he get hit, the, the kid can die. He said that'd be so Jets, and he's a Jets fan. He's like that'd be so Jets. My our quarterback die from mono. <laughs> from mono, but yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Nah, that's a that's a lot of Mark Sanchez on that. Kiss What'd you think about those brownies? Woo! Told y'all, man, he coming. They were playing the Jets. I don't care with their quarterback out from mono. Let me tell you something. Are you serious? Taking the Browns? No, no, no. Okay, listen. I'm they, taking I, Lamar. I'm taking Lamar Jackson. Well, you just spoke this up. You think they have? Uh, they're not. They got a better defense. Uh, the, the defense is yes. Now the they defense. have the better defensive player. player. Right, right. All right. I think the, I think the, Brown, Ooh, I think the Ravens. Miles Garrett. Was Miles Garrett good. Yes. Yeah. I think the Ravens overall defense is a little bit it's better. better. Yes. And right, as of right now, they have the better quarterback. I'm not going to say at the end that Baker won't may not be better than Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to take that away. I still think Baker Mayfield has to be humbled. Um, he's been people have empowered him to say we like when you talk all that talk and do sometimes you need to stay out of the fray Uh, having a discussion 
I mentioned that Tom Brady has a radio show, right? Yep. Yep. The Ben Roethlisberger has a radio show. How many times have we heard Tom Brady burn his players on his radio show? Oh, never. But on that Pittsburgh radio show, we've had Roethlisberger do it all the time. The quarterback, the quarterback's job is to kill the fires, or if he's going to light a fire, you light it in. You light it in the locker room because you're trying to get something out of a player. You don't go to the mic and do. I'm just talking about again with Baker Mayfield and those. And look. Brady and Ben Roethlisberger have equity from winning to do those type of things. If Brady decides to do it, as in as Roethlisberger has done it, oh, excuse me, my lip is swollen. Um, no excuse, but still, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> Baker Mayfield hasn't earned that equity, and he talks like he has. And sometimes, again, when you think everything you say coming out your mouth is some fly ish, that's when you run into the most trouble. Ever because you keep just popping off with the lip instead of just shutting the hell up. Well, we'll well we'll see. Uh, it will come out eventually. You know, you always some type of leaks when it comes out to uh, the media from teammates if they think that he's a little bit at uh, OC uh, saying kind of crazy things if they if, if he's ripping them a little bit too much. So eventually, I think we'll hear that. But I mean. I think Cleveland definitely has a talent. I know I've I've said that. I know I've also put it out there. I think they're probably going to win a division. Uh, let's see how. Um, let's see how Baltimore. Mason Rudolph does his thing. Yeah. What did I say yeah, last week? Yeah. I think we need to have a new segment. Ken was right again. Okay. What was you right about? What do you think you was right about this? I time? said last week. I said, man, you know what they need to do? They need to clean house and get rid of Ben Roethlisberger and see if Tomlin can actually do it. And because you got still that funk in there, dog. You said that like a couple of years ago. No, nah, but I said this recently. Bro. Oh, okay. I said, because listen, you got rid of, you, first of all, you were better off keeping Le'Veon because Le'Veon just hit the pipe a couple of times, the weed pipe, the pipe a couple of times, but he wasn't a distraction. No, he wasn't. He wasn't AB. AB was dragging the whole ship down, but the quarterback was, the quarterback was bailing water onto the ship though. Like everybody else was bailing water off and Big Ben to take like a couple cups and be like, dash. <laughs> Dash. Like it I, right now, the problem with Pittsburgh one, you gave him that extension. And I would be looking to I would have been looking to flip this whole thing. You're at the end of your run. Uh it seems like now with the trade for Mika Fitzpatrick for a first rounder next year, they're trying to tighten up that defense. They need to get back to playing Steelers football. They haven't played Steelers football in about eight years. For real, since what? At least during the Bruce Arians period to uh, what's the guy that was the offensive coordinator there that was the offensive coordinator uh, last year in the, with the Browns? Oh, the hothead. Yeah, that was also like uh, he was the, the, the yeah, coach the of Chiefs. the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, Todd Haley. Todd Haley. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the Seals haven't been playing Seal Ball since that Super Bowl loss to I, Green Bay, basically, I'm, right? I'm, like I said, since Bruce, Bruce, since around the Bruce Arians era, They've went to a team that became more of an offensive identity team, and they and then especially with uh, especially with the fact that Scherzer got hurt because at least they had a star in the middle. Especially again, we talked about how with the Atlanta uh, Falcons, how not having that coverage linebacker has hurt them. With Scherzer not having that coverage round linebacker has hurt them, but they brought in Bush this year. But still. Get that, get that uh defense back to where it needs to be and and just try to win playing your way. I think one, they do themselves a disservice with not having a, a, a battering ram running back back there. 
Like they should have. Them. Well, they're not even using James Conner either, which is I'm, I don't even understand that. Uh, you know, the running game wasn't really working against Seattle, but they have a really good run defense. You have to commit to it mm. if you're going to do it. People don't commit like they used to, Ryan. I know they go away. It's cr- you don't have to tell me. I wink. Do. You don't even have to be down, and you're like we're abandoning the run, and it's like no, dude, yeah. wear them wear down. Them Simple football, old school football, steal. Works. I believe the same th- run I, the ball. I believe in same parts for the most part is the same in baseball. Like it get get a guy on base, try to steal a base if you can, but at mm-hmm. least get a guy on base. So it, if your exit velocity guy is high, it, you get his ass up there and get some. Like I still believe that you can't just go and go with analytics and think it can justify everything. You still have to use common sense when playing sports for the most. We say that about basketball. Mm-hmm. There's only one team that can just shoot threes every day and win a, a, a world championship. Everybody trying to play. Like, I'm not saying you don't have to increase the amount of threes you take because too many teams take threes when keeping the score going with taking twos would assist them with teams like Golden State or Houston teams that can score at a rapid pace. You sit there and you take long threes all the time when you're not when when, uh, when you could have taken a two that was wide open and it was a high percentage shot and then you look and you're down and now you have to take the threes. Using common sense, sports tactics still works today like it did yesterday. All right, you know what? It's time to go up for grabs with Ryan Bukovetsky coming up next. Dean Davis Show. Yo, what up? It's your man Jay Illa, official Chicago Bears DJ and you are listening to the Dean Davis Show. Turn it up. D and Davis show. All right, you know what time it is. It's time to go up for grabs with Ryan Bukovsky. Ryan, what you got for us this week? You know, for us, like we're we're gonna keep growing with this offense, and I know it's 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 not where we want it to be at. Everybody understand. We all are very aware of that. But um, you know, it was a different style yesterday. We were we were more balanced, uh, run run and pass. Uh, but in the end, you know, this kid Mitchell had a chance to to either win the game or not put our team in a position to win a game. And, and he made he made throws when he needed to. And in that last play of the game, that's that's one here as we look down the road here. That's one that we can possibly look back at and say, man, that was a start. Well, we're going to do some heavy football. So let's start there. And I think that this is the burning question on every Bears fan's mind. So let's go ahead and answer it for them. What are the chances to you that Mitchell Trubisky can turn this season around for himself? Um, I would give him... 35% maybe I, I was I could get it close to 40 but 35% it's still early and also I I think there's different degrees to turn around uh, so are we saying turn around to get us to the big game or turn around to how about turn around to be a positive rather than what he's looking at right now as a negative I don't know about that I mean because I think there's always going to be some negative parts to his game but I, I guess I mean overall play not not necessarily so like, if you're saying that I'll say I would say 35% Wow, if you're saying that, that's not good for the Bears on any kind of level. Nagy's not getting them up to 50? Not, I, think I was going to say 50. I was going to I was gonna say 50. It, I think it is a flip of a coin. Or is this uh, John Gruden, hindsight's 50-50? I don't know. Not three times if you agree with me. One, two, three. Um, I think it's 50-50 because it's just that whole thing of seeing the flashes and the good thing about Trubisky, he shows the flashes when they need the most. He's possibly he won one game this past Sunday off the flash, and he had he set up the team in the playoff game to possibly win himself for the double doink off the flash. And I think this, I think that kind of keeps uh, teams 
I think that's what kind of keeps the front office, the coach, and the fans still kind of hooked in a little bit. Like, damn, you got it. You when the pressure's up, man, he just goes out there, and he balls, and he excels, and he looks good. As I said earlier in the show, it's everything in between. You get the two good pieces of bread. Oh man, they're nice and fluffy, and they tasting good. It's the you know you know what burger in the middle that ain't good right now. So. I'm still, I'm going to disagree with my partner. I'm still going to say 50-50. Yeah, I hope so. But 50-50, as I said to my partner too, that ain't good for your franchise either. This is the dude you moved up for. He's supposed to be your franchise dude. If he's 50-50, you might want to cut bait. Yeah, for me, I'm trying to figure out where I'm at with Mitch. I, I, I would say the chances at best are 50. Probably I'll go between you guys. I'll just say 45%. But okay. the big thing I'm seeing with Mitch, this team has a somewhat identity when it comes to running the football, playing defense, and then the improvement on special teams. Why do you say that? Why do you say about running the ball? They never ran the ball before. They had to run the ball because of, because the quarterback don't know what the hell they're doing. Well, what I mean by is there's more faith in those running backs and there's more talent overall in that room okay. than there was a okay. year ago. Okay. And that seemed at least You're right in the first that. couple weeks when they used them, it was effective. I'll give them that. Okay. What they need to find is something effective in the pass game. And especially to me, it's in the middle. Everything that Mitch throws is on the sidelines. There's nothing in the middle of the field. There's no the big plays down field at all where you get those big chunks. And Matt Nagy talked about this on the coaching show. Go from first and 10 to first and 10. Can I ask you a question? Hmm. Do you believe that he sees it? Well, that's the other thing that I'm wondering is why aren't they doing more of the things that he looks the most comfortable at, which is running outside the pocket, bootlegs, throwing on the run. They don't do any of that stuff with Mitch, and I don't understand that. Well, one opposing team is trying to keep him in there, but like I said, you can use misdirection and then have a Yeah, you got to do the play action. They love running the toss crack, the jet sweeps and things like that. I feel like you've got to be able to do some rollouts. Question number two, Ken, how simplistic is that in football? Don't you think the defense can kind of sniff that out because they already know they already know what you know? No. All right, he's going to run. You have I mean, to be more the creative. They're much. They're, right. they're, okay. they're, they're with misdirection. You send that run looking like it's going one way, and look, or you send a screen looking like it's going one way, and then you have Mitch come out to the other side. It's ways to do it. Now again, can't they just stay at home? Spread the spread the defense across the field. Just stay at home. Not, but see, not if you establish, for instance, if you establish a Tariq Cohen. Like if you like, you haven't even got to the point where you've established three corner where another team is like, hey, we got to spy on him. You know what I'm saying? That's how. Like you, you have to. You get people afraid of Cordell Patterson. Once you get them afraid of Cordell Patterson, they're going to jump outside of their they lanes anyway half the time to try to make the play. Like they haven't established the threats on this team. Pull it back. Get Anthony Miller involved in here. Give him something. Give him a slant. Like, right, get, like get, in the middle of the field, stop making this ultra complicated. I saw a few slants and they was throwing behind them. I'm not behind the receivers. That's why I'm saying I don't know if they. I don't know if he wants to. Do, I don't know if you. I don't know if you want that. I right. think uh, the big thing is it's when you get the rollouts, you get the half read fields instead of the full read fields. It'll make it easier for him. Faster decision. They don't have to roll out every play, but I don't understand why that's not a bigger emphasis within their offense. Man, this is a sad ass conversation that we having about the uh, quarterback that you moved up to go get. Oh, that's a different conversation. That yeah, that's, that's a, a different. I'm saying the whole entire thing. Us talking about this, you asking us what's the percentage. This is a sad ass man. Downer D. Perfect uh, transition to my second question here. Again, I'm going to see a I'm going to see a, a, a hand specialist and and 
get uh, get his opinion, and then we'll see what the next steps are. I, I am concerned. Um, I'm hoping hoping it's not too significant. Because uh, a lot of fan bases are hurting, but one is maybe a little bit positive. Want to get your take? What quarterback situation is the most intriguing to keep an eye on moving forward? Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, Drew Brees and the Saints, and now Daniel Jones with the Giants. I would say Mason hmm. Rudolph because. Daniel Jones, that's his job. Even if he has to relinquish yeah. it. If he has to relinquish it back to Eli, he's the guy moving forward. There's no question. Uh, the problem with the Saints is which one... And the thing was going to the season. Both of those guys are free agent after this year. Who? Who? Teddy Bridgewater and uh, uh, Tyson... Taysom Hill. 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 Yeah, Hill. And I heard... I uh, was watching the game and uh, they were talking about the Saints and how... Sean Payton said that Taysom Hill was Steve Young-esque, and I was like, whoa. That's, a, that's saying a lot there, sir. But um, they have to decide which way they're going to go with those two guys, and I guess this gives them the chance to kind of figure it out. But I don't – unless Hill just snaps, he doesn't have the upside. Uh, Mason Rudolph was a third-round pick. Some people had to – perhaps he could have been a first-rounder. Um, he needed to sit there and, 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 and get some seasoning. He's had that seasoning. You may see, and again, Ben Roethlisberger signed an extension, but let's not even say he's there. And also, they traded Josh Dobbs. Um, they traded Josh Dobbs. So you got rid of your, your backup. And I was talking to a Steeler fan, and he's like, well, you know, Dobbs was this and that. I'm like, yeah, but remember, uh, the Patriots needed two quarterbacks when Brady was out. They thought they only needed one. They thought Jacoby Brissett was going to do it, but he got hurt. And then Jimmy G had to get in. And then I think Jimmy may have gotten hurt. But us, he did, yeah. So uh, to me, I say Mason Rudolph because that would be that would flip the narrative of what that team planned on doing, or flip the team's goals of having Big Ben lead them for the next few seasons. Not to say they can do anything again. He signed an extension. Some people, I know, I think you said that he may retire after this because he uh, he said he's staying. He can't listen. He's that money. No. He said a statement. He's hey, committed. I don't know about that same zip on how. I, again, I know the muscle gets back. They, in baseball, it's, it's so commonplace that they, they say the kids may as well get it done out the way anyway. And he's I almost 40. He, I said he wasn't going to leave that money on that. But yeah. I'll tell you this. He already didn't have a zip he used to have. And also, Big Ben's arm was overrated. Like, he had a good arm, but it, Big Ben's uh, receivers... He was just a playmaker. Yeah, Big Ben's receivers had to it's stop a, a lot on deep man. balls for him. He ne- he was rarely on deep balls and overthrower. Like, he, he had a good arm. He never had a great arm. But still, I don't... I mean, I don't think he was back to where he was at before. Even though I know last year, the interceptions was up, he still had a lot of yards. But uh, I think it's for me, it's the Pittsburgh. Um, I guess I have to agree with Ken. I guess it have to be Mason Rudolph. Um... I want to see exactly what he, how he's able to use the, the the tools that he has in the office because Ken, I believe you predicted Pittsburgh to win that division, right? So did I. Mm-hmm. So obviously they have the tools there to win that division. So can he come in, work with this team, and basically keep it keep the ship going straight and not just throw it completely off course? Is he's if he's able to do that? Listen, I let's just say. You two are right. Including the injury to Ben Roethlisberger, that the Pittsburgh Steelers still win that division. I don't know how Tomlin could even look Ben Roethlisberger in the eye and say, yeah, dude, you're going to start again. His, Game checks. It's, it's even. And I think he Tomlin. Even ben if, even, but even if, let's say they win the division, even if, because Pittsburgh is usually always there. And Tomlin is usually always there. 
if they're able to win the division with the backup quarterback, a rookie that they just drafted last season in the third round, I'm sorry. I'll be like, Ben, it's been a good ride. I ain't saying you got to go, but you ain't going back on that field. Well, they, he has guaranteed money, though, dude. They just, I don't they care just if he it. did. I'm trying to win, baby. But they just gave it to him. I'm trying but you to know win. the convenient excuse is going to be they win the division, they go out first round. Hey, if we had Big Ben, we would have went to the Super Absolutely Bowl. Absolutely not. You already said it. He's been hurt. He's almost 40. His arm is not what it used to be. You know he a politic inside the clubhouse. He think he an owner. Everything is not cozy with one and all the off-field off, uh, stuff. Keep your daughters away from him. And- all the off-field stuff. I think you might want to move on. I'm just saying if it was me and Mason Rudolph was able to get me to the playoffs, Big Ben, you ain't got to go, but you ain't going back on that field. I'm going to go with the Saints, and the reason why I go with the Saints is they probably are the most equipped to handle their quarterback going down in the passing game. Really? In the pa- Out of those three. Really? When it comes to Big Ben. No. I, I don't because know about that of, one, man. Well, to yeah. me, it's because, well, okay, that was my point that I wanted to bring up. Okay. They don't have Mark Ingram anymore, so that's where my red flags are flying with this offense. I think Sean Payton can get a quarterback play out of Bridgewater, who's been a starter and had some success, to at least be okay. I like Bridgewater coming out of college. And I, I don't think they're going to be decent. Be they're decent. not going to be as good throwing the ball, but they're not going to be bad throwing the ball, in my opinion. The problem with their offense is they're built on the run, and they don't have the horses to run i think the problem i think what you just said is compounded i don't think the running problem was an issue if you had drew Brees there with kamar and with yes and with latavius murray but it might have been a problem later on in the year have we been talking about how Brees's arm is some probably people, gonna fade hey, but some people said this is good that he got hurt because then he'll be right in the year but they gotta basically they gotta be able to stay at least with but, but i was with you that for them to be successful offensively, it was going to be based on Drew Brees and then doing the rest with Kamara and Murray. Now it's going to be about their run game big time, and they can't rely on that See, quarterback this is my situation. Thing back to the passing. Neither one of those quarterbacks are as accurate as Drew Brees. Right. Neither one. Drew Brees makes everything easier for everybody. Oh yeah. There. Like, I was but you're paying Michael Thomas to be your one. Yeah. To catch passes from Drew Brees. Well, he's got to. If he's going to be a number one yeah, receiver, you, you got. He's got to catch, catch passes. Anybody. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He but, wasn't expecting to catch passes from somebody else for about another two years. But let me ask y'all this, though, real <laughs> quick. Within that division, I'm, I mean, I don't know if any of us believe in Tampa Bay. Atlanta, no, none of us believe in Tampa Bay. Atlanta has so many question marks on there, especially when you talk about the fave, quarterback. I think. You have New Orleans now without Drew Brees for six to eight weeks, and Carolina Panthers, the Carolina I, Panthers, you don't know what's going on with them. I know I should have took the foul. They're looking like they're going to quit. That's what the, the Panthers are looking like. The Panthers, you think so? I mean, they... It, they look like they need change there, big time. Yeah, the yeah. quarterback is. I thought this would be their last done. hurrah, and they're not. Done. They're not doing it. The quarterback is done. Yeah. Oh, but, they, they about to run a little mess out of poor McCaffrey. <laughs> I gotta oh, run again. They about to hurt that kid. <laughs> come on, come on, Ron. I'm like man, they about to Ron about to be like, you ever heard of sweetness? <laughs> Oh, you know they call me Riverboat. Ooh, let's gamble on this one. Okay, go ahead, Ryan. Uh, let's finish off the football talk. I know you guys might not want to talk about it, but I love the game picks, so we got to do it. And like the preseason, we just have to get through these NFL Network portions of the Thursday night games before they get on Fox. Yeah. So this week, who you guys got with Titans versus the Jags in Jacksonville? Ooh, give me the Titans all day. Give me the Do you want the others first? 
Do you want me to give Sydney and Kyle selection? They are both going with the Titans. <laughs> yeah, duh. Yeah, go ahead and step <laughs> out. Go ahead and step out. Hold on, man. Give me a second. <laughs> what do you need a second for? I'm second. I have a second. Okay. All right. Ramsey's talking about he won't out up out of Jacksonville. Once proud Jaguars think everybody think everybody thought they was coming back. They almost made it to the Super Bowl. They are the Jacksonville uh, Kit Kats now. They're not good. And I think the Tennessee Titans are going to beat them. I'm about to say something vulgar, but I'm not. The Jaguar Kitty Cats. The Jaguar Kitty Cats. What's the... I don't know. I was going to, I'm trying to think of... Uh, I guess a Jaguar is a, is a cat, so it could be kitten. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take the Jags. Mm. So so much hard decision making. The first right time this season we have been at odds on Thursday night. Wait, wait, you taking the? Ja- no, no, no. Everybody has been uniform in their selections hey, so far every last, Thursday. Guess who won last week when we all went uniform? Googly eyes. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going with Gardner on this one. Let's go, Jags. Man, you going with the Jags. Mm-hmm. Man, man. You just want to step out, okay? Right. I'm going to go with the Titans. Yeah, yeah. I just think there's too much drama in Jacksonville. I want to take them, but I think the drama is going to submerge them. What is Tennessee's record right now? They won. They're one and one. Really good victory, and then lost not to, so good loss to the Colts at home. Yeah, it's true. It was, it was a close game, though. They was winning the majority of that game. Okay, it was it was a close game. Cubs now lead 15 to six, and they have just set an all-time record for the most runs ever in a three-game series in the history of this legendary franchise. My last question for you guys: The Chicago Cubs had a historic weekend of offense, and uh, they are on a five-game win streak. So I want to know what your feelings are on the Cubs right now as they currently sit in the second wild card position and two games back of St. Louis in the division. Catch St. Louis. If you want their playoff odds, I believe they're at 76.3%. Oh, nice. Nice. Last match, I think it was 67. Nice. So I think that, I mean, they can catch St. Louis. They can. Flat 76. I have them. I have them in. I said all year I've had them in the playoffs. You have them in your division. Um, I just haven't been in the playoffs. Okay. Like, regardless, they have three different ways to get in. So, first wild card, second one, and the division. Oh, okay. So, I'm saying I I, I have them make it into the... Hey, listen, if they didn't make it, they don't hit either three, or at least the, 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 the division in the second. Woo! And again, I wouldn't put it on Joe, but he's going to be the scapegoat. Yeah, he definitely is. Um, I agree with you. I think the, I think the Cubs should be able to make it into the playoffs. Um, I will say this though: as easy as we say that they can just get on in, they can also get knocked out very oh, easily yeah. too. They're one game ahead of Milwaukee. Yeah, one game ahead of Milwaukee. They're still in it, and let's just so happen. Let's just say the Cubs go through one of those very Cub uh, offensive dry spells against St. Louis. They're done. So it's really 50 50 Just got to sweep St. Louis. Actually, it's not. It's seventy. No, that's said, okay. No, I'm they not, just gave us. A I'm not, I'm, I don't care what they gave. It's you. not fifty. I don't know. I don't care what they gave you. That's the. Problem. I'm just basing off what I've seen this entire. Your season. damn numbers. I don't care what they. But said. he gave us a number. I don't care what the <laughs> number is. It could have said ninety nine percent. I'm telling you, I, what I've seen with my eyes, you don't know what's going to happen. Actually, with them. it can't be fifty fifty if you have two ways of getting in. What? It can't be fifty fifty. It would have to percentage would have to be different. What are you talking about? Because, because they can win the division or the wild card. Because you're fifty fifty. It's like either getting in or not getting in. 
So you know I'm saying you you hey listen, I know you said you got you got three ways, but I asked you, so you gonna win the division? He's like, I'm just saying they're gonna make it to the playoffs. I said I, that's all I'm saying too. Either they're getting have, in and they're not getting I in. I said last week or the week before they have a good chance of catching St. Louis because I think I went over the strength of the strength of schedule. Yeah, exactly. They have a good chance on catching St. Louis. So one, you can win a division and you're right there in the second one. Listen, the problem is with Milwaukee, man, look, with in baseball, your chief dude can go down and teams maintain. Yeah, sure or can. Or sometimes get galvanized. They get better. And so yeah. I, you can't just necessarily say because Yelich is, is out that where their hopes are down because that's a well coach. That's a good team now. That's that's not a kiddie team anymore. Mm-hmm. Them some real cats over there. But still, uh, I think the Cubs are going to get into play. Okay. Yeah, I'm feeling positive about them right now. Uh, to D's point, you know, it's it's up to the offense, really. I think the exactly. pitching is good enough to get them there and to be solid enough, but they have got to score runs. They score like 47 points. Point, point, 47 runs against the Pittsburgh uh, yeah, and the Pirates. They only got two so far against the Reds. This is the thing that happens with them. Hating. This, no, this, I'm not hating. I'm just stating the Sonny Gray's having a good year. Huh? Okay. Sonny Gray's having I'm a good year. I'm not denying that. What I'm trying to say is, this is what happens to them. They go out and they drop a 40 spot on you. And then the next game is like, damn, they only got two runs. It's like, this so Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know what's going to happen. That's the only thing I'm saying. The only thing I, that I'm really excited about is seeing these games against St. Louis because this is oh, going to yeah, be a big is, time rivalry, oh, yeah. big time stakes. I mean, this is this is the kind of stuff you want to see when you get to, to this part of the season mm-hmm. and especially with the playoffs on the line. Mm-hmm. This is meaningful baseball and it's great to see meaningful baseball in Chicago still. I don't care what's out of, what's out of town. Yeah, they just need to get in, go on a World Series run. The Bears look like the best team in football in October and then everybody's partying. Hey, I'm, I'm down with that. All right, we're about to close this show out, man, on the other side of this break, Dean Davis. What's up, Chicago? This is Chris Sosa from Red Eye and you're listening to the Dean Davis Show. Uh, well, I, I think there's a lot of stuff, and I'll let the lawyers kind of flesh that out. But um, I do think if everybody's not given the, uh, you know, if everybody's not, uh, um, in other words, you, if you create a recruiting advantage uh, beyond what already exists, I think it's going to be very difficult. I think there will be a huge imbalance, and you'll destroy college football, and I think they ought to be very careful of that. And... Uh, and the other thing, if you can do stuff like that, I mean, surely if uh, you know if you don't like the way the guy's uh, portraying something, uh, you should be able to cut him on the spot, pretty much. I would think. And then, of course, uh, then are we going to have a draft? Then are we going to have uh, trading? Then are we going to have free agency? I mean, how far does all this stuff go? So, I think we ought to be careful with that, or maybe we ought to just have minor league football and have minor go ahead and have minor league football and. And then those guys can do whatever they want, you know. But the state of California has trouble keeping their streets clean right now. So my thought is, is that they probably ought to focus on that. That's just one guy's opinion, and I'm sure I'm probably wrong. But, um, you know, but at the, at, at the rate that California is handling their infrastructure and some of their other problems, um, uh, you know, I, I think that... Uh, uh, we'll see how they do with that before um, uh, I really think it would be that beneficial for the legislature of California to enter into college football. And uh, if you see benefits to them entering into college football, I'd love to hear because they seem to be determined to do it. D and Davis show last segment, that audio you heard right there was a uh, head coach of the Washington State football team, Mike Leach, 
with his hate and disdain for what he deems is basically an unfair advantage is really what he was talking. He can try to stream in and talk about the streets all he wants to on some Trump Baltimore ish. But the, the, the truth is, mm. it's basically just a, a bait and switch because he knows that playing in the back, the Pac-10, that would be his ass at the lesser school in the Pac-10 anyway. But before I delve deeper, D, you said you wanted to hit him up. Uh, Mike Leach, you hypocrite. Call him a hoe, D. Just call him a hoe. Oh, I was about to call him some, some uh, much you worse. You call him a B-word? You mother... No. So this is the thing that really pisses me off really pisses me off when it comes to a situation like this with the California law that's being that has basically going to become law that college athletes on scholarships will basically be able to make money off their likenesses appearances maybe even just teaching a class some way they can have some money in their pockets Mike Leach signed an extension a five-year extension 20 million dollars I guarantee you that Mike Leach is one of the highest paid state employees in the state of Washington. He's actually second behind the Washington head coach. There you go. So you have a dude who's going to tell his, for real, I'm about to say employees, but... No, they're least, not employees. Yeah, yeah, they're not employees, but they're under him. They, 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 they play for him. He works them like that. Yes. Actually, you, worse because employees have unions or standards. At least that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, HR. you're 100% right. Mm-hmm. He's going to tell them, man, y'all shouldn't make any money, but let me go over here while I put this kid in his closet and count my $20 million. Mm. That con- had a concussion. That had a concussion. What are you doing? He tried to basically kind of uh, soften the blow by saying, but you know, I could be wrong. Yeah, jackass, you are wrong. How can you sit on your $20 million in cash off your contract that you're making off the state of Washington? Talking about California need to fix their infrastructure and the people on the street. Mother... California is the sixth biggest economy in the world. What the hell is Washington? And they paying your ass $20 million over five years? Really? What are you winning in Washington State? Not a damn thing. And you want to tell somebody that they can't make any money. This is the issue that goes on here in America. Someone tells you you can't make no money when their asses is making all the money. Well, pretty much the country how it is. So bump that. Bump Mike Leach. Ooh, man. Bump him. I couldn't believe this when I heard the comments come out of his fat ass mouth that he has a, the gall to even say that. And this is why I hope and pray that from the looks of it, this is a bipartisan issue. This is going to sweep the country that athletes are no longer going to be taken advantage of. Uh, Richard Sherman made a comment saying he was at Stanford, probably one of the richest schools in the country. My bank account was always in the negative when I was playing football. This is at Stanford, and you know they're making money. The football team is making money for that school beyond the endowment. And he says that his bank account was in the negative and you have the gall to say that you can't make any money, but they need to worry about the folks on the streets. These kids don't even have any money. Some of them are coming from impoverished neighborhoods and the family don't even have any money. Damn, Mike Leach, can they feed their family if the situation is that? Is that? 
What is going on in this world? What is happening? I hope this spreads across the country and Mike Leach, fat ass, won't be able to make his $20 million because you know what? His safety that probably doesn't have any money going back to his family can actually get some money in his pockets. I'm done. Um, I just hate when people play games with real stuff. For him to sit there and say, well, they may as well just have a minor league. Why is it uh, this or that rather than let's try to figure this out? Ken, it's already a minor league. That's what really pisses well, me off too. It's saying, already a minor league. He's actually saying a real minor league. I'm, I get what you're saying. He's saying they could go to a minor league where they can get paid. And the thing is this. These players risk their lives and, the, and their livelihood for whatever future they have as a pro in football or as a pro in whatever field they are going to school to learn from. They they, they can be garbage men with terrible backs. Yep. And you're talking about the fact that they can't have anything else. There's a small percentage of these players that make it to the pros. So all these other players who have have at least given their school more than what their scholarship is worth should not be able to get anything. And this isn't even about necessarily the school paying them. This it's a cop out for the school to pay them. This is at the players. And we know what boosters can do behind this. None of us are naive, but this is about the players being able to benefit from their likeness. They're not saying that the player gets X amount from his Jersey sale. The school still gets that. Yep. They're just saying that the Ed O'Bannon situation that took place with EA Sports wouldn't necessarily, it, it would be illegal from the jump street yes. instead of having to be figured out later. So why would Mike Leach be uh, against that with it in common sense is because he knows it's a disadvantage to every school in the Pac-10 if basically the school, the California is strengthened. You, you know that's one of the, yeah, your, your yeah. biggest uh, opponents in that state with the schools that you have in that state. So, of course, listen, think about it. he's at he's not even at the real school in Washington. Washington. Nope. Right. You're talking about let's let's get rid of just saying let's not say USC. Let's not even say UCLA. We're talking about Cal's going to be back. Yep. Right. And I guess UCLA is going to be. St- listen, Stanford. Fresno those, State. Y- yes. Fresno State. Like you're saying those schools are going to have an uh, advantage over other Pac-10 schools who are being too cheap that you should give your players something for what they're doing. Like this is a capitalistic society. The only reason that we're going around playing this is because the kids that are basically playing this sport don't look like the people that are in those stands. Thank so you. it's easier for you to sit there and be like they need to just be happy they're getting what they're getting you're not risking your livelihood listen i played i highest level i played was high school i lost my knee to it all right so and again i took that on we weren't generating money for the school if you flip that and you tell me that i'm a college player that i'm i'm giving i'm benefiting this school as well as the fact that they benefited me by uh, giving me the scholarship even though other schools would have given me the scholarship i should be rewarded for it because i may not make it to the pro and scholarships aren't really worth the paper they're written on they they, they are one year-to-year contract can and they can be ripped up ripped up as he said in that piece as he said, I should have the ability to just cut somebody if they're not performing. I want to be able to use you as much as I can until I don't need you anymore and you can be gone. And also, you didn't notice he's talking about cutting his salary to help his state with his infrastructure. It's one, it's one way. The coaches can leave when they want to. The players can't, even though I said this, they have the transfer portal now. The coaches can get all the money. The players can get nothing. It's selfish. It's bitter and it's BS. I want to really curse. And it just really shows you how a lot of people are. I'm I'm, I'm with you. People are like, man, a hard day's work. 
these dudes are put in a hard days. What happened to the kid in Maryland last year died? Yeah, yeah. Right, like we we act like, we keep saying, these man, they're bigger, faster, stronger. We're talking about college kids that are bigger, faster, stronger, and most of them aren't going to the pros. Tim Tebow himself, dog, Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow has made very little money outside of being a first-round pick because Josh McDaniel made a mistake mm. in professional sports. Because listen, outside of that rookie deal that he got, the most money he gets now is working for ESPN. ESPN, yeah. Right? What if he could have sat there and got the, the sales off his jersey and put that to his charity? Wouldn't God want you to do that? Mm. Because I don't think God is worried about keeping the NCAA in the, the, the same type of uh, uh, old school servitude the way that they have it set up. And antebellum style servitude that they got going on over there. I don't think that I'm, I'm picking at Tim Tebow because of that, because we like to play games. He needs to be picked at, too. Huh? He needs to be picked yeah, at, too. He needs to be picked. But we, we, we keep acting like this. This is just OK. I saw Steven Jackson. Uh, posted something about Tim Tebow and he was like you know it's a lot of Christians out there you know but you get a pass because you're Tim Tebow and just saying like especially when you're talking about underprivileged people you shouldn't be talking right now like you you really should be watching what you're saying where most of those players most of those players can't afford for their families to come to those games like that like y'all some kids some parents don't even see their kids y'all don't even have a setup to where every player at least two games we make sure your parents get here like y'all can do that easily. All right, you the endowment alone you easily. Can, you don't even you don't even have stuff like that where it's like even though it's unfair, it's more of a give and take. Because what happens is when you 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 own everything, when you're the judge, jury, and executioner, you don't want to be giving anybody any allowances. You want to keep your foot on their neck because the second you take their foot off their neck and they realize, I remember going back to California, going back to that, when they was trying to unionize. Remember the Northwestern, Northwestern, joint? yeah, they was trying to sit there and unionize. Yep, and you know they was like, man, don't do this, don't do. This. And man, anybody saying and anybody that cares that much, and I love college sports. I want, listen. This is my thought. I've said this about the basketball. I wish they would just pay them and make make the NCAA their minor leagues because I like the pageantry, but you should mix it with some money. It, I think it's better for both both systems to go ahead and do that. The NCAA and the NBA and the players, because one, even though the players are getting paid, you can kind of still shelter them a little bit than being in the pros, pros or whatever. I think it'd be a good way. But we're too afraid to be put our big boy pants on and step into 20, the 21st century and do what makes common sense because, well, if we alter this, everything's going to be messed up. That's life. Listen, I think it goes deeper than that. Mm-hmm. If anybody has out there that haven't tuned into this, please do. Check out the 1619 Project the New York Times put out. They have a podcast. I listened to the latest podcast this morning on my way to the 9 to 5. And it's basically about the healthcare system. And it basically was breaking down to the point of when the slaves were freed, a didn't have they didn't have anywhere to go, but B because they didn't have anywhere to go and nobody gave a crap about them, they had no kind of medical care. Basically, slaves' bodies were riddling the streets of America at that time because they had no health care, and then they finally was able to get some type of health care system, in a sense, in America. But President Truman was trying to push universal health care, and basically what it was, they figured that everybody was going to get it. It ain't just going to be the white folks. It's going to be everybody. Oh, no, we can't have that. It's the same exact thing here. You want to keep it at the very top or who's going to get it. But everybody else who's making the money, 
The bodies are on the lines. If they were not there, you wouldn't be in that position, Mike Leach. If you didn't have players, you wouldn't be a coach. But since you're up here and the money is now going to get spread out amongst everybody, everybody's going to start start being taken care of. Oh, no, no, we can't have that, Ken. Oh, no, we can't have that. I think what you're saying is true, but also I think what the NCAA is staring at, that you know what, especially with basketball, I think they may look at it in football. Yeah, we may not get the same returns, but it's still such a, a zealot audience that we possess that even if we lose these stars because they can either get paid or they don't come here, we still have a fan base and we can still generate enough that we can still. You think if you think if this, if this say Alabama was not getting five star recruits, yes, you're going to have your hardcore Alabama fans, but it's not going to be the same. You people, talent attracts eyeballs. If the talent is not there, mm-hmm. people will not watch. I understand that these I'm are state schools, but. Question. See uh, J.J. Reddick and Adam Morrison. That's all I'm saying. What, is it, what, what about them? They were Due to the one and done, there weren't stars really in the NCAA. You had Carmelo there, right? Yeah. And we all was like, this is this is kind of trash. It even affected the Michael Jordan's drafting patterns. No, Michael Jordan is affected. But the point that I'm making is, the, the yeah, I mean, it's not going to generate the same amount, but they still think... All right, we got to recalibrate this if we have to. They're going to hold on to that football one. All right. But getting back to the basketball one, they're like, we people still love March Madness. It may not be what it was, but we've done this before. Mm. They did it before. It was like, don't go here. Go If you're going to go, go. Go pro, right? Mm-hmm. You know they're going to set it up to where if they go, they're going to have to stay there longer. So they're still going to end up getting some kids that didn't go pro that end up being pretty good, I would think. But that's that's in the back of their minds. That our fans, the Tim Tebow faction, all right, the people that's like my granddaddy and all this, or this is just my livelihood as far as rooting for this team, will be there. Enough of them will be there that we can still get, we can still generate revenue. Not the same. I'm not saying they're going to the same because one, those TV contracts nationally aren't going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Like that's, but they, but think about it, those TV contracts are locked in right now. They are. They are. Those TV contracts not going to, when they have to re up them and you don't have that national appeal like that. But again, in football, they're going to hold on to it in football because it takes too many people. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying about that. I'm just talking about the simple fact of it's just a mindset of I'm up here and you're down here. I agree with it. I, and since you and since it's, it seems as if you are down here. Oh, you know what? It just want to be the same game. They try to they try to pull a okie doke on you. you gotta look at this. Look at this. Look at this. But it's really this. Too, they think. This is you're lucky to be here. Like, it, or let's just even talk about. I mean, I mean, this is the endeavors. This is more of a flip topic. So let's cut it short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the mindset of some people could be you're even lucky to be on this campus. You know, like not my hard work, not my hard earned uh, no. my talent. How many athletes say they feel like that walking around the campus that you know the student body necessarily doesn't embrace them outside of perhaps what they can do on that that game day? But people people that have the upper hand believe any tidbit given to you is lucky, not earned. You're lucky you get this. You didn't no, you didn't bust your butt in high school and, and Pop Warner. No, you lucky we brought you into here and that you at this establishment because we don't let people like you through here that easily. I'm just I'm happy that I be, I believe the athletes mind 
on that is changing. As it should. It's finally changing. I think they understand their worth. And I think with leaders like LeBron James in the pros that's actually pushing this bill <coughs> and kids look up to him, I think the mind state of the the mind state of the athlete is finally changing and they're understanding their wealth. All right. And worth, I'm sorry. Getting out on this terrible news, um, not for this person, but definitely for the story and for the young lady involved. Uh, Felipe Vasquez, the closer. Remember we were talking about Felipe Vasquez? Yep. We were talking about uh, getting rid of uh, Colony? Yep. yep. I was yep. like, I'm going to get Vasquez. Well, guess what? Forget Vasquez. <laughs> <laughs> He'd fit in with the White Sox. Not on that stuff. Who, who, who doing that? Nah, y'all are the one beating on your wives up there, bro. Yeah, we just well, move. you guys are just pushing drugs. We 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 just move weight. Hey, we just move weight. That's different, bro. Yeah, we ain't, hey, they go hand we're in hand. We're not being any, we ain't assaulting. We're not assaulting solicitation any. and not, drugs. Well, no, no, this is the thing. So Vasquez was initially charged with computer pornography, solicitation of child, and providing obscene material to a minor Ugh. by Florida Department of Enforcement. But then Vasquez was subsequently charged by the Westmoreland County, Pennsylvania. With three felonies, statutory sexually assault of a minor, Damn. 11 years or older, unlawful contact with the minor, and corruption of the minor, as well as one misdemeanor indecent assault on a person less than 16 years old. Sick puppy. The, this is from ESPN. The FDLE issued a statement saying it began an investigation to Vasquez in August after obtaining information that he reportedly had a sexual relationship with a 13-year-old girl in Lee County, Florida. Ugh. The girl, now 15, allegedly was continued to have a relationship with Vasquez via text messages and received a video from him in July, which he showed performing a sexual act, oh, according to police. The police affidavit says the girl's mother found the text uh, photographs and a video sent by Vasquez to her daughter. On July 23rd, the mother sent a text to include a screenshot of the, uh, the photographs to Vasquez to inform him that her daughter was a minor. Mm, mm. Yeah, dude was out. These here. are the horror allegedly, stories. He was it's all here. allegedly right. He's out right. here living, living a terrible, terrible, uh, despicable life. He's in jail. He has, I believe, he was denied bail. Uh, these are the things, man, that just make you want to. If you have a daughter, just go up and just hug him extra, extra, extra tight. Um, hear stories like this. Real quick, but if this I'm is sorry, true, ahead, I apologize. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. No. If this is true, yeah, dude, you're not seeing. A, you're not seeing a day of light. I mean, you might see them, but just be behind bars. And maybe sometimes in the yard where you got a lift. Other than that, nah, dude, you done. You done. What? Uh, get, you, get your dips in that, dude, because uh, you better get strong. I posted this thing today from the trip, and it was talking about how 3.5 or 3.3 women's uh, first uh, sexual experience is an assault. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did it from, I believe, the teens. I don't know if it was 16 to 44. But they said if they went higher into the older age, that clearly it would have been millions more. It came out to being like almost 7% of women. But reading through the article, one of the things that was talking about, uh, one of the, the, the ladies being interviewed was talking about making her daughter feel um, and feel empowered to say no. And she was just saying yes. through regular, like, you don't have to feel like you don't want to go to a party. Just being able to say no and just uh, friend, and they using somebody used an example of, and I guess it's coming for us dudes. They were talking about how, and again, this isn't the Vasquez thing because he sexually assaulted someone. Yes, yes, he as did. Far, and this was statutory. a child. Yeah, this is a child. Yeah, this isn't two adults. It's still assault, assault, and it's both wrong. We were saying how out, someone uh, coming into your house and offering them some tea, and how you can gauge someone's response to know if there's a consent or if you should move forward. 
So it's like if you get, if someone comes to your house and you offer them some tea and they're kind of like, well, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure. You can still make them the tea, but it's okay if they don't necessarily drink the tea. If someone comes in the house and you offer some tea, they'll be like, I love some tea. Well, you know, they want some damn tea. And someone comes in your house and they'll be like, well, no, I don't want any tea. And it, it, I know that sounds simple, but really, if you use it, it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. that, you know, like, listen, most males at some time in their life have been like, come on, can we do it? Can we do it? Yeah, right, like, right. And I mean, girls have done that, too. I've, yeah, yeah. I've been sexually assaulted by a female. So it, girls it, girls do it, too. Uh, but still, it's more on us than it is on, on ladies. But. I mean, again, when it comes to something like I'm again, I hate rape with a passion. I think, and I know that sounds redundant because most anybody who's gonna say I love rape, right? But uh, I just think it's one of I don't even think it's one of the seven scourges. I think it it is my first scourge, especially when it comes to kids, or probably something else to do with something harming of a child will probably be that. And that's before murder to a certain degree, unless again it's someone that's defenseless or something like that. But uh, is this true by Vasquez? It's alleged. Uh, this is terrible you know like uh, i'm sorry yeah. yeah it's just terrible that uh some little some young girl and i mean some people's gonna be like well she knew what she was doing which is r- ridiculous she was child. 13 with child who's saying that she was it's oh, a lot dog, of dog yeah these man. guys out here guys and women and older women you know what she was doing oh yeah real quick uh sticking with this i was talking about a post from a uh, guy that we we know from uh, ims that's out there doing it in maryland uh, and that's J.R. Bangs. Yes. J.R. Bangs posted, and it was about the A.B. thing. And he said, you know, a lot of y'all people are saying that there's no way that that lady was raped because she still came back. And he was like, you know, some of y'all parents and grandparents, you know, those people sitting around from their spades partner and that person sexually assaulted them. And I was talking to you about this. And I'm like, yeah, people people will rationalize why someone because remember, a lot of times rape is done by someone, you know, no. So let's not learn someone that you may be in a relationship or starting a relationship with. People will rationalize that it wasn't that or whatever and to continue to go on with that relationship. So I'm just pointing out to say, stop blaming these women all the time. I know that there's cases that come up. You had to do case or whatever where it's proven that, yeah, she's lying. But I just don't feel like your first thing is to go to straight defending these That's dudes. That's rare. These dudes all the time. I think that's weak sauce. I think one, you should wait. Like I hadn't, I really haven't posted anything about the AB thing because my initial reaction was to wait. I want to kind of get the facts out. If the facts are overwhelming, then I'll leave with that. All right. Hey, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D and Davis show. Once again, it's at D and Davis show, Instagram and Twitter, facebook.com forward slash D and Davis show, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google music, Stitcher, the tune and app or on anchor will kick you over to Spotify and YouTube. I'm on Twitter at Demons One, Ken's on Twitter at That's Davis, and Ryan's on Twitter at Ryan B. Ski. Shout out to Ryan for all the hard work. Yes, yes. We definitely want to thank Jake Pepper, uh, founder of Bears Backer, for joining us and giving us all that great info. Uh, make sure you listen to the flip. Uh, we'll definitely be back with a good flip episode this week, and we'll definitely be back with Dan Davis' the show, giving you your sports take on what the Bears are doing, and hopefully the Cubs will move closer to taking the division. We greedy. We want it all. Don't do anything stupid before you hear from us again. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs>